0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, a UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 122 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me back in the kitchen studio this week, we're not on location anymore, we're not at an air show, is Matt Smith a bit dull really I know mm. yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean last weekend was just uh, so incredible especially I have to confess and I'm sorry for the, for the sort of military purists out there but I have to confess I did really enjoy Farnborough so Farnborough, much more than I did I really, know. if nothing else because like Captain Al I'm a fan of catering and the catering at Farnborough <laughs> without question was far superior to the catering at Riyadh no. As we said, I think I had the nicest fish and chips I've had in it years it was yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Captain
0: yeah. Al treated me and Matt to fish and chips which oh, was rather yeah. nice Absolutely. And um, uh yeah we had we had a, we had a such a great weekend it was awesome that the live show the meet up the the live show we done on saturday with the apg crew and uh, obviously uh, Marcus from the Omega Tau podcast was there, and uh, Micah and Brian Coleman from the Airplane Geeks were there. Oh yeah, Pip was there from Plane Safety Podcast. Yeah, you know it was just a, it was a star-studded lineup. It was, it was I think brilliant. Of, uh, it was brilliant. It, there. It's what it well,
1: I I was literally living my childhood dream actually doing that. Sat there,
2: I know. Um, you know
1: it was like a big panel <laughs> show, and I'm pressing all the you know myself and and Nev was oh I mean Nev was just brilliant, wasn't he? I mean he was a real star, and I, I know we thanked him big time last last week but uh, you yeah, know thanks again we F, shouldn't um. we
0: shouldn't miss miss out as well matt the fact that we had ice creams at 10 past nine Ugh. on uh, on yeah. saturday i've morning. never felt so ill in my <laughs> life it's
1: just so much sugar honestly
0: anyone for a 99 <laughs> yeah,
1: with a flank indeed at mm. stupid o'clock yeah i know it never was mind. good there we are all but behind.
0: though we have, we've had a really good last couple of weekends we away yeah and it's also been really good to meet up with some of the listeners as well mm, yes
1: but um, don't don't panic though ladies and gentlemen all is not lost because this morning we do have a very special guest
0: we do. We do have a very special guest uh, joining us on the show live mm. uh, here and and she's actually in the UK yeah, at the moment. Very exciting. But uh, yeah. from her accent, she you might be able to tell that she's uh, yeah. she's kind of from a f- uh, across the pond as such. Right. So uh, okay. who is our guest, man? Uh, well, this morning
1: we have uh, on the show a, a wonderful lady by the name of Cathy Mexted, and she's a freelance journalist, she's a writer, photographer, a private pilot. There we are. That's that's Carlos's ears pricked up immediately. <laughs> uh, a reporter for the legendary plane crazy down under, and her work has been uh, the R M Williams Outback Mag, Australian Pilot, and um, something of which Carlos is writing I can't read, which is great. Uh, but she's also <laughs> done lots of community radio, which we all have. That's why we all sit here trying to do our own thing. I know. Uh, please welcome the lovely Kathy Mexter. Good morning, Kathy.
3: Good morning, guys. How are you going?
1: Yeah, really good. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for coming me on. in the UK. Oh, no, oh. no, no, thank you for coming here. So now you're now you're actually uh, in a very lovely part of the look world. Look at you that. See, look at the view behind I know.
3: That's very well stage managed, isn't it? Absolutely. Green. I'm actually in the. <laughs> it's a
1: green screen. <laughs> it's a green screen behind you. Absolutely no expense spared on this show. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, as I say, it's a lovely part of the world. So I have to, it has to beg the question: What on earth are you doing in our part of the world? <laughs>
3: Um, well, those Australians that know me know I'm married to a Qantas pilot, and um, he is on leave without pay, flying for a Chinese um, outfit, and he doesn't get home much. So they've given him a UK base for two months, and so the girls and I have come over to spend some time with him. Oh, fantastic! In to a, be married, you know? In
0: a lovely <laughs> part of the country.
1: <laughs> yeah, what is this marriage thing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You spend time with your partner. Don't be silly. <laughs> so we often have this running running joke here because uh, Carlos's wife reckons that I spend more time, time with him than she does. <laughs> I've spent does, more time <laughs> with Matt in the last two weeks
0: than I have with my wife. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. That's, oh that's a slightly awkward conversation. She seems to be okay with it, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But so
0: listeners of the Playing Crazy Down Under podcast uh, with Stephen Grant will have probably heard Cathy on there quite a few times mm, kathy I don't know I have. Uh, kathy does a lot of bits and pieces for for yeah. those guys uh, one of the one of the notable ep- episodes uh, if you uh, get a chance to listen to was really great with uh, with kathy was episode 66 uh of pcdu um, where you can catch up uh, where they where they actually had i think it was your first appearance on uh playing crazy wasn't it, kathy 66
3: Yes, you can hear the nervous giggle all the way through it.
2: <laughs> I
3: couldn't quite believe what was happening. I wasn't quite sure what was happening. <laughs> I was at home in our office out on the farm, at uh, 45 minutes northwest of Melbourne, and the guys were at their home way out east of Melbourne, and it just was very strange talking, talking to them from home. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah. We haven't, I haven't actually
3: we... done a lot of community radio, I think steve might have got a bit carried away with the show notes there. <laughs> i've done a bit of it. <laughs> i've been in there been interested and in, been interviewed a few times and had a go at you know the, yeah. that what
1: uh scratching Hello? mixing Scr- <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. that's what, that's what he does yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah no we, we've all we've all done our fair bit of, of djing i think but uh no it's it's, it's uh it, i love it it's uh It's all part of the fun. So, um, yeah, uh, so uh, we just have a little housekeeping to do. It is now currently 10 past 10 in the morning uh, here. It's Saturday morning here in the UK, and it's the 23rd of July 2016.
0: And this is episode number 122. Uh, Are we going to kick off the show then? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, Yeah. let's go. So, we're going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. Mm, um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, And if you're ready, Cathy. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story, then on the oh, what's this one? The Guardian website. This Ew, one, a uh, bit of sad news. Uh, it was something that came up in the news feeds yesterday, and uh, the headline: India begins search for military aircraft missing with 29 personnel on board. Uh, so, a massive rescue operation has been launched uh, after an Indian Air Force plane vanished over the Bay of Bengal shortly after takeoff. Um, the uh, Aircraft itself, uh, well it, which is, uh, which has uh, disappeared with 29 persons on board, um, was uh, on a surveillance mission at the time. and uh, there's been five surveillance aircraft and 13 Navy Coast Guard ships uh, which have been searching the seas uh, since Friday for the aircraft uh, which vanished actually shortly after takeoff from the southern city of Chennai. Uh, the aircraft was on its way to Port Blair, the capital of the remote Andaman and Nicobar Islands. Uh, the Russian-built Antonov An-32 military transport plane was carrying service personnel and six crew members as it undertook a routine uh, courier service to the Indian Islands. Last contact was made at around 50 minutes after takeoff uh, from Tambaram Air Force Station on the outskirts of Chennai, an IAF spokesman said. Uh, AN-32s are the IAF's workhorse aircraft and are capable of flying for up to four hours without refuelling. Wow. Uh, an IAF source said that radar data from the missing aircraft showed it making a sharp left turn before rapidly losing altitude. The IAF, which uh, relies heavily on Russian-made equipment, has, uh, has about 100 AN-32s in its fleet. Um, it has uh, a slightly poor safety record. Um, In one of the worst disasters involving an AN-32 in India, 20 people on board died uh, and three civilians were burned to death when a plane crashed near Delhi Airport in 1999. Um, So a bit of sad news there to start. Mm. I mean, hopefully these guys have uh, managed to ditch or, you know, to get down, uh, hopefully, uh, and kind when of did, When did the they aircraft. publish this story? Uh, this was published uh, on Friday, uh, uh, the twenty-second of July. Okay, so, um, so the search, as as yeah, the search you. is uh, is ongoing. Okay. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard any new yeah, reports yeah, I just from that. If yet been any updates? Um, but obviously, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, search and rescue mm. um, kind of uh, stuff being deployed. To try and uh, to try and find this. But, I mean, the
1: Antonov is is quite a popular um, uh, sort of like
0: Russian a, military plane. military yeah. airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah but not
1: not 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 just with the mili- with Russian military though, is it? I mean, they.
0: Yeah, they have passenger variants of this yeah, as well. There are absolutely, of course, there, because there is the
1: famous Antonov that's absolutely. Oh, the two two four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 the big the big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh
0: well, uh, good, good luck
1: with that. Let's hope yeah, let's they, hope uh,
0: they uh, let's hope they find some uh, find some survivors from that. Yeah, so, but moving on, we've got our usual second story, which is specially for. At. Yeah, you see now, the trouble is, uh, yeah, okay, it's all right. This is, we met
1: someone at that, that um, at the uh, the uh, the meetup that makes me very nervous about reading any
0: of these stories. Out actually, now, actually, anyway. Kathy, I, I, Kathy, I'm guessing I'm guessing you have heard of Ryanair. Yes, I have. Ah, there we go. <laughs>
1: I don't think there's a person in the world that hasn't heard of him. But anyway, uh, this is on newstalk.com, which I, uh, is, a, is 106 to 108 FM. So it's obviously a radio station somewhere. Um, is it, it must be a businessy something or other. Whereabouts is that based? I'll have to look that up. Anyway, enough. Uh, it, anyway, it's business and tech is the category that it's in, as I say, newstalk.com. And the headline is Bogus Ryanair. Uh, So bogus, Ryanair rejects claims over the number of complaints it gets. Oh dear. Uh, Low fares airline Ryanair has hit out at the findings of EU claim, which placed it in the runners-up spot on its list of most complained about airlines. (laughs) The flight ca- compensation company found that EasyJet had the most delays and cancellations so far in 2016. The company stated that it was processing 5,641 claims against it this year, with Ryanair's related claims coming in at 4,781. EU claims. Uh, e- EU claims. Adrenaline Nordhaven said uh, there's the, the, they've not been. Sorry, that's terrible. They're not being provided with information, nor with rerouting at the earliest opportunity, and that's causing frustration and the large amount of complaints that we're getting. However, Ryanair has rejected the figures as bogus and attacked EU claims as ambulance chasers. Oh, dear. Uh, In a statement, Ryan said... They're always so very PC, aren't they? You can always rely on Ryanair to to deal with customer service in the best possible way. A bit like Tiger Air, I believe. But anyway, Mm. uh, we do do not uh, believe any statements made by ambulance chasers like EU Claim, who charge excessive fees for the non-existent service they claim to provide, and, those internal, and and whose internal data is totally unsubstantiated. Given that Ryanair carried over 55 million customers in the first half of 2016, wow. even these bogus figures, Ryanair received just over 500 claims from this company, which is an average of one for every 110,000 passengers carried. Actually, if you look at that average. I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, by the law of averages, if, if you're carrying the most people, by definition, you're probably going to end up with the most complaints, aren't you?
0: Have you, uh, have you had a chance to fly with Ryanair, Kathy, uh, since you've been uh, here in the <laughs> UK? <or? laughs>
3: no, I came over. My husband flew me over.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, cheating.
1: That <laughs> is, oh. yeah. Uh, and did you complain about the service you received there? I expect you Kathy know? was in upper, uh, in first class,
0: I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah.
3: In upper class. Yes, yes. That's right, upper class. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was in business class. I had to choose. It was Sophie's Choice. There was three of us, and they had two business class seats. Oh,
0: no. So oh, thankfully... No. So, mum it's, gets economy, and the kids get uh,
2: business.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the 12-year-old said, oh, I'll stay here. I think she thought the idea of having three seats to herself was, was very
2: appealing, appealing. Oh, Yeah, okay. Okay.
1: that and, and not being embarrassed by mum and dad of course he wasn't too embarrassed
3: oh, no, okay. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. the 11 hard. year
3: old had already scrambled over both our heads to right. get to a business uh, class anyway okay, right. there's no <laughs> yeah. argument to be had <laughs> no,
2: no. well done, well done.
0: That's, that's something to brag about when you're back at school cool yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> So, the next news story uh, on the breaking travel news site. Singapore Airlines to launch first transatlantic flights from the UK. Mm -hmm. So, Singapore Airlines are going to fly non-stop between Singapore and Manchester from October 30th this year. In addition, as part of the northern winter schedule, services to Adelaide, Adelaide, Christchurch and Kolkata will increase during peak periods, while seasonal services to Sapporo will be operated in December 2016 the non-stop singapore manchester flights will be operated five times weekly and will continue on to houston which is currently served via moscow Uh, flight sq 52 will depart singapore at 2.35 in the morning and arrive in Manchester at 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flight SQ52 will then depart Manchester at 10.15 in the morning and arrive in Houston at half past three in the afternoon and the returning flight SQ51 will depart Houston at 20.15 and arrive in Manchester at 10.05 in the morning. Uh, services to Christchurch will, in, uh, will meanwhile increase to 10 times weekly from 7 times weekly between November uh, and February next year. Uh, services to Kolkata will increase to 4 times weekly uh, up from the current 3 weekly flights and uh, a total of 24 round trips, uh, uh, trip Sapporo flights will be operated with the launch of the Singapore-Manchester-Houston service, existing Moscow-Houston and Munich-Manchester services will be su- uh, suspended oh. from October. Okay. Uh, both Munich and Moscow will continue to be served, however, on a non-stop basis to and from Singapore. Yeah. So that's handy news if uh, if you're um, one of our listeners up north in Manchester mm. yeah. and want to fly to uh, to Singapore, because uh, I've heard some good things about Singapore Airlines. Uh, I their d- I service do, is really supposed to be really I big. do
1: genuinely like Manchester Airport, actually. Mm. Um, it's, it's, some people have very, I think, unkindly compared it to flying out of Luton And it really isn't anything like that I mean, their, their, their sky, their viewing deck uh, Which I, I know we've mentioned on the show before mm. Is absolutely mm. incredible, it really is
0: Have you had a chance, Cathy, to fly on uh, many kind of uh, Sort of the, the bigger uh, legacy airlines?
3: Well, the last 23 years I've only flown Qantas oh, Okay, <laughs> Because that's, that's where the, the deal is Yeah, absolutely. But before that I did quite a bit of travelling um, by myself, backpacking and whatever. Yeah, but no, not lately. Yeah,
0: no. yeah. Have you, have you ever flown Qantas? Oh yeah, we flew back from Qantas. I was speaking to Kathy actually yesterday. We flew back from uh, from Dubai back to the UK with Qantas last year mm. on the A380. And um, yeah, I have to say it, it was it was great. The aircraft was half full, so we had an entire section mm. to ourselves. But I gotta love those cookies. Cookies. They have these wonderful <laughs> bags of cookies on the Qantas aircraft that you can just help yourself. Really, which I did. Yeah, very occasionally. A lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, half and, half and so, a <laughs> painful, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're such nice cookies they were. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving go on. get hungry now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The next story is actually something uh, on a kind of subject we covered a while back, and mm, it's, at yeah. the time uh, it was to do with EasyJet using yeah. these. Yeah, and but. also
1: I remember I'm um, talking to actually to, to the legendary pilot Pip about it, mm. um, uh, and. And uh, I think we asked him the question, like, do you think that's uh, something they're going to do? Uh, this is on uh, uh, no, Engadget. Engadget.com Engadget. Mm. is the mm. website, UK-based, this one. And the headline is, Airbus uses drones... Um, sorry I've got the wrong camera there apologies uh, <laughs> Airbus uses drones to speed up aircraft inspections uh, now this is an interesting thought uh, so aircraft inspections are one of the best things that operators can do to ensure safety in flight but ironically the chore can be a little unsafe for inspectors themselves to properly review an aircraft conditions workers often need to utilise cranes and lifts to closely examine a plane's structure and components it's mildly riskly, risky low and laborious process but soon it may not be. Airbus has started testing drone inspections that may speed up the process by over an hour. Uh, Airbus demonstrated its new inspection process at Farnborough Show, where a drone equipped with an Intel RealSense camera autonomously circled uh, an A330 while rapidly snapping photos. The images were then applied to a 3D model of the aircraft that showed inspectors that allowed inspectors sorry to get a close detailed look at the subject it still takes a while to inspect the digital model but in all it's a much it's much much faster gathering the, inf- the inspection data by hand takes about two hours using a drone takes only f- 10 to 15 minutes that wow that's really quick the company expects to finish initial testing uh, of the program by the end of the year and hopes to include a wider range of aircraft in the program very soon afterwards that's excellent. I know I, I like that. I, I yeah, just...
0: I thought you'd like that story. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a, a really good idea though, because when these aircraft come in for their checks and stuff, they have to have all these big gantries and stuff yeah. that they can stand on and, and check the aircraft, inspect the aircraft, mm. all the different components and stuff. And to have this, uh, you know, have a drone with a really good quality, high definition camera that right. they can they can fly up, mm. you know, control and record the images and mm. take images and stuff. I think is a really good I idea. If it's,
1: a, if it's a large enough, if it's a high enough definition image, then you really can zoom right oh, in. Yeah. To, um uh, sort of what what's there to so get right into the nooks and the crannies of the details so that you can sort of think oh what's that little nick there and then and, and I suppose then if, if there is any doubt you look at the image and then you can actually say um you, you can then go and sort of manually inspect the bit that that's been thrown up by the drone so but hey i mean saving an hour is saving an hour
2: yeah
1: it's you know,
0: good it's not going to be long essentially before said drone sort of pays for itself so exactly so next story moving on the breaking travel news site this one Ooh. and uh, this one came up in the news yes. actually came up in the news last night as yes, well it did, yeah. on the uh, on the Sky News this was on but um, it's the headline search for Malaysian Airlines MH370 to be suspended Yeah. so the hunt for the missing Malaysian Airlines MH370 is likely to be suspended if the aircraft is not found in the current search area mm. officials from China Malaysia and Australia confirm the search will re- uh, reach a high hiatus if an area of the southern Indian Ocean currently under investigation reveals no further information. The plane with 239 passengers and crew disappeared in March 2014. A statement from the three nations released after a meeting in Malaysia said the likelihood of finding the aircraft is fading. With less than 10,000 square kilometres of the search area remaining, it appears the operation is coming to an end. This is against the wishes of many of the relatives uh, of those on board the plane who have long urged for the search to continue until the Boeing 777 is located. In the absence of new credible evidence, uh, Malaysia, uh, Australia and China have collectively agreed to suspend a search uh, upon completion of the 120,000 kilometre search area, Uh, Malaysian Transport Minister, uh, Minister Lao Tong Lai explained. Costing more than £100 million, the search is the most expensive in aviation history. While several pieces of Boeing's uh, 777 debris have washed up along the coast of East Africa, nothing related to MH370 has been found in the area. MH-70 is the only missing 777 in the world. Now, I, I mean, I've got mixed feelings about this because, I mean, you just sort of, th- I mean, obviously I feel
1: massively for the family because just, mm. I, I, to know, knock they just, they know that there's obviously no relatives essentially yeah. are going to, you know, but I, I guess they just want closure. But at the same time, I can, c- I mean, they can't keep searching forever, can they? And no. they've been searching, what, for nearly two years Nearly now? two years, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, it's a long time. But uh, any thoughts on this, Cathy, at all? Obviously, these, the search is sort of centralised from, from Australia North as well, area, kind yeah. of area.
3: Um, <clears throat> we had a friend who was killed in an ag plane accident a couple at about the same time. Mm. The wing peeled off and he was killed. And I know his coronial inquiry was held up quite a while because all the resources were on the Malaysian at that, on that really? incident. And um, I think it's you know it's every family's nightmare. Mm. And as a pilot's wife you know you stop and consider it maybe a bit longer
2: yeah of course
3: but at some stage you have to throw your hands up and say enough's enough Mm. and hope that time will reveal the answer
1: yeah yeah i I completely agree as i say i mean i understand from the family's point of view why i mean obviously you want you know you, you you part of you wants them to just carry on searching but you know it's, it's just a
0: huge cost it's yeah, such a monumental yeah. cost I mean I,
1: one one should maybe say that perhaps money shouldn't mm. come into it when it's something like this but uh, as you say I mean it's not I mean they have been searching for for you know like nearly two years and you, you just sort of as you say I, I, sort of, I, I sort of along the lines with with Cathy very much so it's just like well you have to sort of draw the line somewhere don't you really and, and yeah. hope that the answers will will sort of Appear it's like, because the trouble is, I all like, oh, like you, but pieces are washing up on, on the on on the coastline, aren't they? But I mean, that that could still be hundreds of thousands of miles away from where it, the incident actually took place.
0: Yeah, York Mola, uh, who's in the chat room, has, has just said, you know, that about the uh, the real-time transmitting of flight data. Mm. You know, there are there are obviously companies that are working on, yeah, on, on a system on that real, can have a kind of satellite-based, uh, you know, real-time mm. transmitting of data constantly all the time. So it get, it will hopefully get to the stage, fingers crossed, in the future yeah. where all aircraft will be… Completely covered wherever they are in the world. Absolutely, and And then if something like
1: if something like mm. this then happens, at least you've got sort of flight data uh, information to try and pinpoint exactly where it came down, or what you know. At least you'd have a know where last last it went off. As you see what I mean.
0: So, uh, moving on to the next story. This one is on the uh, Air Transport World site, and the headline: Airbus to cut A three hundred and eighty production rate in twenty eighteen. What? So Airbus uh, will more than half production of the A380 as the manufacturer continues to struggle to secure additional sales of its largest aircraft. The company said it will reduce monthly production in 2018 from the current two and a half per month to one per month. What two and so they're building two and a two half. and a, half two and a half aircraft, aircraft at the moment. So you know, we get halfway <laughs> through. You
3: better get your order in early. Wouldn't yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, two and a half an Airbus. I, I think, to be fair, there you know they're they sort of you know carrying one half over to the following. I think I don't you know we'll build, yeah.
0: the, the, Who gets to decide whether yeah. to build the back half or yeah. the front yeah, half first? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I think half being price. Silly. Concentrate. So <laughs> to focus. Uh, Boeing uh, <laughs> Boeing aircraft previously made a similar decision on its very large aircraft. and will reduce production rate from uh, 1.3 to 0.5 aircraft per month from September. In an effort to defer concerns that Airbus may abandon the A380, Airbus CEO Fabrice Brigier said in a statement this week about his company's production cut decision that the A380 is still here to stay. We are maintaining, innovating and investing in the A380, he said. Nevertheless, the production cut will present a huge challenge to keep the program profitable on a recurring cost basis. Airbus said it reached break-even point in Mm -hmm. 2015 when it delivered 20 aircraft uh, I mean the story goes on but I I, I mean it says here that Emirates um, obviously the, the largest um, operator of the 380 as we yeah. all know Emirates have got a huge fleet of a380s yeah. you know they, they had those from the very the, you know very beginning when they first mm. you know went in commercial into commercial use uh, Emirates so there is going to come a time when Emirates start to retire their older a380s and they're going to want yeah, new ones. The new ones. Yeah. So you know, it's this. Well, like... and well, I mean, I, I'm amazed that production is being
1: cut at all. Frankly, because I mean, having seen the A380 being demonstrated. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and everybody who watched, who watches, and listens to the show knows that I'm not a massive aviation expert by any stretch of the imagination. I was actually walking. Uh, I got. Uh, this is, this is so surreal saying this, I had Pasadena Brian on one side, I had Micah <laughs> on the other, I had Captain Al and Pilot Pip uh, with us as well and we were then walking back to the media tent and the A380 was then starting to do its routine and it's the first time that I have ever um, literally stopped what I was doing and just stared at the sky watching this aeroplane do its it's routine i've never seen anything like it it was it was it was genuinely stunning and we've got a great piece that'll come up in a few weeks time actually with the legendary captain now talking us through the routine and how it was able to i've never seen anything so massive be so agile it looked like it was (laughs) it, it looked like it was hovering do you know what i mean it was moving so slowly in the sky but anyway yeah that's that's a segment for another time so next story, moving on. Uh, yes, is that my go? It's it is. Go. Okay, yes. Yeah. So this is on the breaking. I'm I'm concentrating really well as you can tell. Breaking every, travel yeah, news. Breaking travel news is the website, and the headline is passenger increases. Uh, passenger increases continue at London Heathrow. Dear, a total of thirty-five point seven million passengers used Heathrow in the first six months of 2016, up 0.6 percent from the same period last year. At the same time, cargo volumes increased by 1.7%. John Holland Kay, who is the chief executive officer of Heathrow, said, as the UK's biggest port, we are supporting businesses from every corner of Britain to get their products to global markets, with cargo volumes up by almost 2%. Strong financial performance was also recorded at the airport, with revenue up, one, up uh, 1% to £1,320 mm, wow, 1, million, pounds, and adjusted... Blimey. Uh, EBIT data up uh, by 4.4% to 781 million. The results reflect lower costs and better value, according to the airport. Now Britain needs a positive post-Brexit plan. Oh dear, there's that word again. Brexit. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> and only Heathrow expansion will help Britain to be one of the world's leading trading nations, connecting all of Britain to global growth. Added Holland K. Heathrow is uh, has a new plan for expansion, allowing the Prime Minister to make the right choice in the national interest. Well, that, that would I mean, a I don't bit know of a how, PR exercise. I there, just I don't think. know yeah.
0: how Heathrow can, can, can kind of expand anymore. You know, it's no, such no, a huge it's got two, airport. It's got two, run, two runways anyway. Yeah, it, which is yeah. can't use it at the same time because they're too close together. But it's such a huge airport, you know. There's so much going on there, yeah. and to have more in passengers going through there year after year, you I know mean, where, t- d- where does it stop? To be
1: honest, I don't think it would make any difference whether it was. Uh, I agree that we need more aviation capacity here in the UK because oh, yeah, we, we are do. a very small island. Yeah. But I don't think we gain any more by it being at Heathrow than either Gatwick, no, or they Stans, need they need another site or somewhere. Southend or yeah. or even Boris Island, as they they were. Calling it at one time when they were talking about putting an air. and quite rightly,
0: Masha's put in the chat room that she says that uh, the, the PM will have other things to th- to worry about. Do you think? Yeah, <laughs> our <laughs> new prime minister. Yes, yes. yes. Anyway, anyway, enough, enough P- yes, we're absolutely. not a political show. Yeah, no, we're not going to run on. <laughs> yeah. So the next, uh, the next uh, uh, story is on the Wales online site. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, this is such a bizarre story, but I had to pick it. It popped up on the news uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, The uh, headline, Airbus could put (laughs) urinals or urinals. I'm sorry. you want to say it. On its aircraft. This this is a family show, by the way. (laughs) The aerospace giant Airbus is considering installing urinals to maximize space and reduce waiting times for toilets. Right. Urinals could be installed on Airbus planes to cut down on queues outside the toilet uh, cubicles. And Airbus is reportedly in discussions with a French company called Zodiac. The move uh, would not only reduce waiting times uh, but would also maximize space on board. An Airbus source said that men's stand up facilities very serious would be here. better use well. of space <laughs> and reduce queues overall. Uh, something which could re- offer a relief on board its giant. A380 Super Jumbo jets uh, which are built to carry 800 people with maximum density Uh, Tom Williams, Chief Operating Officer Airbus confirmed that simpler designs were being looked at and that these concept included options which include urinals for men however he told the Daily Telegraph it's a bit sexist to have a men-only toilet
2: Oh no I mean there, there, is a,
1: there is an issue though I mean it's like if anybody, if anybody has ever been to a festival Or anything like that uh, The one problem thing that's, that always seems to be a problem Is there isn't, isn't enough places for the ladies who, who have more of a job involved I have, to say. I have to
0: say when, when we were at uh, Farnborough last weekend the, you know, the, the, You're know you not going to embarrass there, anyone are no, you? No no there no were, <laughs> there, were, there were quite lengthy queues To, to the gents kind of uh, yeah, um, Toilets but the ladies had phenomenal yeah, yeah, cues yeah. Yeah, w- to the list. It was lose. not funny. No,
1: absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't know whether it's sort of <laughs> lo- losing a, a valuable cubicle in, in exchange for uh, you know a fast track option, if you like, is
2: necessarily.
0: I know. What? Way forward. Any, any thoughts on this story, Kathy? <laughs> oh yeah, no! Why don't, <laughs> why don't
3: they just have men and women only aeroplanes?
0: Oh ah, <laughs> brilliant! That would be
1: Absolutely brilliant! Yeah, uh, there we are. There's problem solved. Excellent! I love it. <laughs> that won't be that. Won't, that that will that'll go down that, with the police. That, the that would be that would be
0: an aircraft for the hen parties and an aircraft for the stag, stag parties. parties. Oh, oh, no, oh no, no,
1: no, 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 no! I think we're we're getting into dangerous territory oh. now. I think we should move on. Uh, <laughs> men, and,
3: men and children on one plane.
1: Right. Okay. And then all the ladies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it
3: and it. cocktails on the other.
1: Oh. I Oh yeah uh, now you have me at cocktails it oh, no. sounds like the way forward <laughs> yeah drink you could, the,
0: you could be you do be the major D be the major so the last uh, little bit we 've got for the news segment this week it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's not a top ten, but it's no, um, okay. it 's on the manchester evening news site this one. And uh, the headline, 15 airport hacks to take the stress out of going on holiday. So from queues to customs, nobody loves airports, but you could make your time there this summer a little easier uh, with this guide. Um, So at number 15, I'm sorry, before we move on, it's all right. Mike has just put a horrific joke in
1: the chat room, which I am going to read out. And it says, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, trouble now, mode. guys. Oh, anyway, yes, very no. good. Yes, thanks, Micah. Thanks We always rely on Micah for uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: not lowering the tone and such. But anyway, so number 15. So number 15, one of the top 10 or top 15 hacks to make your airport travel better is sign up at a VIP la- airport lounge. Yes. Are, are you
1: actually a member of a VIP lounge, um, Carlos? The number one
0: you- lounge, okay. um, which we've used that, before. That doesn't help. Uh, it's a kind of a VIP lounge at Stansted in Gatwick. Yeah, okay. they call it the number one lounge. Yeah, and is
1: that tied to any particular air, air, air airline? airline?
0: No, yeah. it's it's operated by the, the by the. Uh, it's a separate company, but they have yeah. lounges in in most of the airports in the UK. Okay. But it's a good idea, I think, if you're traveling and want to have uh, somewhere quiet. To go before you fly,
1: right? Okay, yes, yes. Are you you not a fan of talking to humans? No, I hate no. Them. okay, fine. I'd enough. rather talk to aircraft. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> you go. I rather talk to aircraft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously, why is Gemma married to you? And, I um, don't. Sorry, uh, number number fourteen.
0: Pre-order your baby milk. Travelling with a pardon? baby, what? is stressful enough <laughs> without uh, worrying whether you have brought enough baby milk, right? Uh, and if it's taking up your valuable luggage allowance, okay. Boots. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife will love this particular oh, story. No. Boots has created a click and collect service just. Just like toiletries um, uh, mentioned, uh, you can pre-order and purchase your baby milk and other items in advance and have them delivered to your chosen airport store. the wife will be very happy about that then being 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 an employee i
1: don't i don't think the branch that she works in is going (laughs) to have too many issues with that Uh, number 13. if you fear turbulence yes yes i do i hate turbulence it frightens (laughs) the living bejesus
0: out of me (laughs) apparently (laughs) factors that cause turbulence usually occur in the afternoon so if you get sick easily or you're scared of turbulence Off for a morning morning flight. flight. There we are. Well, there we are. uh, Anyway, number 12. Number 12. This is rather interesting, this one. Pick the left-hand security line. Right, okay. The Mm. only thing is, is that'll work... Um, until people read this story,
1: in which case you'll need to pick... Well, it the says here
0: hand. that more people are right-handed, right. uh, uh, with the impulse to turn right. Okay. So people pick the left-hand security lanes where there are likely to be the shorter queues. What a load of nonsense. That right, is sir? rubbish, because the, <laughs> yeah. the right-hand lane at the, yeah. at the toilets at Farnborough for us, for us yeah. guys was shorter than the left-hand lane anyway that's just something I have got an un- unhealthy obsession with toilets today
2: <laughs> Carlos I've
0: anyway yeah whatever number 11 number 11 <laughs> especially for those of you who uh who like the uh the AA or oh, A-Team, I should say. Alcoholics Anonymous. No, <laughs> not that. Alcoholics Anonymous. The I mean. A-Team, uh, BA Baraka-style jewellery. Oh, right. Um, when okay. going through security, make sure you remove those big watches and jewellery, loose change and belts, and obviously all your bits of metal stuff stuck inside your pockets and everything. Uh, because these will set off the security scanners, which I do frequently. Uh, right? Just, yeah, okay. I just don't yeah, bother just taking them. Made me it off. metal. Yes. <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> yeah, number ten. Number ten. This is something I always do when I yes. travel through yes. an airport, yes. uh, especially when you're travelling with a low cost carrier where you have to, you don't want to buy the snacks. On oh Lord, are
1: divine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So buy <laughs> snacks before you travel. So airport prices aren't going to get any cheaper. And if your kids are going to want a snack on board the aircraft, mm. you should buy these before you uh, get to get to the airport okay. and put them in your hand luggage. Excellent. Uh, so that's a good idea. Fruit and stuff like that. Put them in your bag and uh, yeah. <laughs> and hope. But not liquids though. Not yeah, liquids. No, no, no. no. And less than 100 mils. Uh, no, no. Number nine. Number nine is pre-book your seats. Something which I have started doing just recently when we've been travelling uh, is yeah, pre book your seats, and then you've got uh, more of a chance of sitting together with your friends and uh-huh. family. Uh, yeah. And this service, most airlines provide at least 12 weeks before you travel. Um, some only offer it a few days before, 24 hours before, but quite a few airlines do offer it yeah. the option. Uh, they do sting you uh, for you. it, though. Yeah, you do have to pay mm, for the privilege yes. of pre booking. See, now I remember seat. a time
1: where if you booked tickets, they automatically put you all together. So, you yeah. know, because you cause you you know you were allocated a seat at the time of booking or you yes. could choose your seat at the time of booking and there were no additional
0: fees anyway, number eight. <laughs> is book express check-in or fast-track passes. And this is something I've tried a few times. Yeah, but it's all more money, Galenistan. more money, more money. But i tell you what, for the seven quid we paid for the fast-track yes. security thing, yeah. it was worth every penny. Yeah. Or borrow a wheelchair, that works really and we, well. And we actually done this at Luton <laughs> Airport yeah. uh, in the UK here where we paid, I think it was about seven, six or seven mm. quid right and we completely missed yeah. like a queue of like a 100 people who were all queuing up to go through mm. the um, security I think Kathy's being attacked by her cat again Oh it's Kathy yeah. being attacked by <laughs> no
1: not <don't>, it <laughs>
0: At uh, at the number seven Number seven Find out what time You need to be at the airport Right Sounds quite simple But you'd be amazed At the amount of people Who cut it so fine Yeah They so have to beg people To let them queue jump Yeah well I don't think That's a problem for you Because you're, the, you're there I know. Like Three weeks before I, it,
1: you know. Absolutely. Yeah I'm a yeah, great
0: believer yeah. In getting to the airport <laughs> yeah. um, Like six years Before six, my six flight Six years before your flight It's clearly yeah. the answer Yeah Because uh, I love airports
1: yeah, yeah absolutely Something wrong with you
0: Number six. Oh, it's more bo- Was oh. this
1: done by boots this No anyway, I did yeah, pick this story Because
0: of the wife uh, so, pre-order toiletries from Boots. Uh, one of the typical stresses when packing for holidays is remembering what toiletries you rule. Uh, so, require. I'm going to interrupt. Uh, Nev, Nev says, Luton. Oh, how jolly how common. Jolly. Yes, how jolly common, darling. So, yes. apparently, and I didn't know this until I asked my wife last night, but apparently Boots uh, do a pre-order service where you can pre-order all your toiletries uh, from uh, their in airport stores right okay and pick them up when you get there oh that's very civilized yeah so after security so after security ah, where everything cool. is checked you yeah, can you yeah. can uh, pre-order your toiletries and, and get them there so you can uh, go on boots or, or what them. you could do is um you know just buy them at the other end exactly you
1: know where yeah. it's probably significantly cheaper, cheaper. than if you've yeah. Used, yeah, absolutely. anyway number five number five pre-book
0: airport parking another good idea yes. do
2: people um, not
1: do that then I mean well, I don't know. Surely if you sure, surely everybody books their parking before they actually get to the airport. Surely I, that's
0: you might, I will say shop around because the prices yeah. differ quite heavily yes, yeah, especially yeah. in the UK for yeah. uh, for parking yeah. at airports like Gatwick and Stansted yeah. and, and Heathrow. So yeah, best always best to uh, to look yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Michael
1: was saying, just find out. Going back to the one you were saying earlier, to find out uh, what time you have to be there, and then and then be there two hours beforehand.
2: I, oh I mean, no, I it's thought not, that was
1: it's still, not early enough. It's not early enough, right? No. So four, right,
0: four okay, hours. Anyway, uh, number four. Number four. Park uh, if you park at the airport parking. Make sure you take a picture of yeah. where the area where your car is. Parked. I have a very embarrassing. Story this is about a good that. idea. This is mm. something I do, especially yes. when you're parking at Gatwick yes. and Heathrow, because the car yeah. parks there, even the on-site yeah. ones. The open air ones are huge. I didn't realise that at Gatwick there were three car parks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, hello, Uh, Kathy. Yes, I I didn't actually realise that (laughs) they were yeah I, well you see i, I didn 't realize there was i genuinely didn 't realize that there were three car parks and i dropped off i just dropped off my mum and dad they 'd gone out on they 'd gone out on the plane and no no, no, it was just me on my own because <laughs> uh, i dropped them off and i literally did, i literally couldn 't find the car because I went to what I thought because I went to the right floor <laughs> and the right um, um, and, 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 the, and the right sort of level if you like and it, and I knew it was just to the right of, of of the gate and I walked out onto the gate and and, and my car wasn 't there, and I was literally thinking like my car's been stolen so i've gone up and down i mean i I, it took me two hours to find my car
2: oh dear and
1: then i had to go and ask a very a man who had great fun at my expense to say um i can't find my car where is it he said which car park was it i said what do you mean which car park
0: you know what you need, don't you, yes. Matt? Yeah. Help. You know, you, yeah. need, you know. Do you remember years ago? you Used to have those little keychains, and you whistled, and they'd beep right. at you. Okay. You yeah. should have one of those installed yeah. on your car, but a slightly amplified amplified version. Yes. Okay. So you could kind of uh, whistle, yeah. and your car would kind of go beep right. beep.
1: Right. Okay. From from three car parks away. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Anyway,
0: number three. Oh, <laughs> uh, number three. This is one that always amuses me when we fly uh, with a, with the a low cost carriers like EasyJet and Ryanair, and this is weighing your bags before you get to the airport or while you're at the airport before you check in um something that always makes me laugh is when you get to the check-in desk and you've got someone uh, in the in the uh check-in desk next to you who are having to pay sort of between 50 to 100 uh, euros or pounds more because their cases are vastly overweight yeah um i mean the the, the cost of, a, of a, uh, a pet or a hand scale is so cheap you can buy these hand scales online yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, You've, got a few dig- You've got some digital ones Yeah we've got you? some yeah. digital ones We use every year yeah. And they're, they're so small They're mm. literally the size Of a box yeah. of matches Do you take it away with you as and well And we take it away yeah. And they're such a handy thing To have to mm. weigh your suitcase Before yeah. you fly Because they are starting to get very um, um, quite strict, especially Ryanair. Um, yeah, yeah, about When about you're weight, flying, yeah, yeah they'll um, they'll have little scales yeah. uh, at the check-in uh, gates, especially when you're flying home from certain destinations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and they'll weigh your, your hand baggage, the hand baggage as well is especially they'll weigh start weighing that now. They yeah. never used to bother, but no. they now start weighing yeah. hand baggage as well.
1: Before we move on to our penultimate uh, two, um, at uh, Jenny Jenny Parkinson, Jenny from Rome. Good uh, morning, Jenny. She's not in the chat room, oh, she's but she's just sent room. us a tweet. saying oh, Pain talking UK. I'm away. From Wi-Fi this morning so can't join in but hello to you
0: all oh hello so lovely, in lovely Rome, Jenny, in Jenny. Rome, lovely uh, yes. Uh, so number two, number two is check your luggage allowance before you get to check in. So that's something that uh, surely that's which, something people check on their well, tickets. Well, hopefully isn't you it? should do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean most long haul, com- uh, long haul airlines, mm. uh, Emirates and, and Qantas and, and yeah. kind of like uh, most of their limits are around about the thirty kilos. Yeah. Uh, for your hold luggage, um, some of the hand luggage um, weights do differ between airlines. Yeah. Some are ten, some are fifteen, yeah. some are twenty. For uh, for hand luggage, uh, yeah. most are around about the 10 or fifteen kilos for hand luggage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, always best to check your airline and make sure what Indeed. they're going to let you take on board. Indeed, uh, and finally at number one. So at uh, number one is uh, don't just cram everything in your hand luggage. That's
1: a, I'm going to pop that picture up. That, that there we is, go. That is a really. Ch- <laughs> I, I do hope that nobody's suitcase looks Ever like looks this like that i mean that's just officially horrific isn't it um it's it, 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 nothing else it just looks like a load of rubbish i don't think it's actually anything that's been packed but uh, yes anyway now, yeah yeah so <laughs> things like
0: things like uh, lighters obviously not not good to take your lighters on board yeah. uh baby milk some the one of the things i see quite often at airports is uh, mums bringing massive bottles of Pre-made baby milk, right? Okay, and they get That's tipped away because it's because le- yeah, it's, it's more than, more than the hundred limit. Yeah, yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Medication as well. Things like medication and yeah. sharp objects. And uh, uh, Nev says apparently that was Jeff's suitcase. Oh, it's Jeff's <laughs> suitcase. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sure Captain Jeff is far more organised than that. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> it. I can't imagine. He's a pilot that. He's yeah. always going to be, um, yeah. pristinely uh, yeah, presented. Course, absolutely Excellent. at all times.
0: Yeah. Um, and also something that caught me out. I mean. Oh, God, I I still think I still look at myself and think you prat when I uh, think what I done uh, when we flew out to Malta uh, last month was that uh, I forgot I forgot to take my Kindle out of the uh, my hand oh, luggage no. bag, so my my uh, my hand luggage suitcase went through the scanner and right. went down the aisle of the naughty aisle, oh, kind of oh, naughty galt, <laughs> <where> the, <laughs> the naughty belt where the naughty people felt. stuff goes. And, and I was like I think, you have an why? unusual turn of phrase I know. sometimes Carlos and I kind of thought why has my, my suitcase gone down a naughty belt yes uh, and then the guy says uh, have you got any tablet or oh, anything and then I was like DFA, oh yes. fucker. Yeah. so then he took it out and it had to go through again yeah. so it, it had two trips through mm. yes um, yeah but that's a mistake that I made not going to make it again yeah Because I, I tell added-
3: you a story there um, when Dennis was when we were living in Cairns and Dennis was flying for a- Qantas, a Qantas subsidiary and he got pulled up going through customs and they confiscated his nail clippers.
1: No way. Really?
3: And he said I'm the captain of the jet. I've got an axe right behind my seat and if I wanted to take it down I'd just push the stick forward.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah, but he I... said
3: the girl was very apologetic but she said rules are rules and
0: Hand them over. <laughs> <laughs> nail clippers.
3: Nail, wow. Yeah, came home, really. Scary.
1: I mean, can you do serious damage with nail clippers? I mean, I mean that's quite a serious attack, isn't it? If you're, if you're being attacked by. Um if, if you're being attacked by nail clippers, I mean, it's really, uh, you know... Especially he, by the captain. Well, yes, absolutely, yes. I mean, you'd, li- you'd like to think that for most of the flight, he's locked in his little booth, you know, away from the public.
0: But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Jacob, Jacob Darlington-Brown has just uh, popped up in the chat room. He said, uh, hey, that accent seems very familiar. Does it? Uh, Ooh, right,
1: <laughs> OK. A, so that a, a, uh, was... A fellow th- crossed the pond, though, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That
0: uh, was the last uh, news story yep. in uh, in the a, a commercial news yes. segment. Okay. Uh, we've got some military news uh, to bring you. So um, okay. shall we shall we just crack on with the, with the military? We'll bash on straight on military news. Okay. So we're going to bring you some military news right now. So the first news story then on the military segment for this week is on the Flight Global site. And the headline, Turkey receives first CH-47F Chinook. Eee. So with Turkey having kind of a few issues right now, this is quite a surprising right. story okay. to see, but this is actually <laughs> this week. Uh, so Turkey has reportedly received its first Boeing CH-47F Chinook heavy lift rotorcraft following its completion uh, in country at the port of Izmir. Uh, Ankara has 11 of the uh, type on order from the U.S. government for its Army fleets. Analyzer shows, plus options for three more. Uh, Pictures emerged earlier this year of the aircraft performing its first flight ahead of planned April delivery. However, this was delayed until the 14th of July, according to the Turkish Dogan News Agency, which notes that the aircraft are being manufactured in the U.S. and reassembled at Izmir. Uh, while the timeline surrounding the orders remains vague, it's believed that budget restrictions led to a split delivery, with the first six aircraft requested in 2010 for delivery in the period to the end of 2016. And we've got a little picture there, on which Matt can pop up on the screen there of uh, the particular helicopter in question, the all-versatile Chinook. Mm. We've seen, uh, we've I seen the first time we've seen one in yellow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a kind of a sandy kind of colour yeah. that one but no with uh, it, that's quite surprising with turkey's troubles that they've had mm. in the uh, last uh, well last week or so Perhaps i think they um, need all the help they can get yeah <laughs> so moving on to yeah. the next
1: story uh, yeah this is a picture story so Aus- especially for our guests this ah, right. all well. right okay so this is um uh, a picture story flight global is the website and the headline is uh, australia's new pc21 takes to the skies uh, now how do i pronounce that first word Pilatus. Pilatus. Is it Pilates? No, no, it's Pilatus. 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 <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> I'm just going
3: to...
1: It'd be Pilati, if you, there was a few of them. Uh, well, uh-huh, uh, uh, the plural, I like okay. it, but yes, yes. So <laughs> the Pilatus is rapidly advancing with the development of the Australian... Uh, Defence forces new pc21 trainer announced announcing on the 21st of July that the first aircraft has carried out its maiden flight the initial production test flight was carried out at the manufacturer stain uh, stands as it or stains no Stans. Stand, uh, Stans stands stands production site in mm. switzerland uh, just days after aircraft a Five one zero zero one carried out its first ground engine run. So that should be Alpha, shouldn't it? Sorry, uh, first ground run. Uh, and seven months after a contract was signed for the acquisition, the uh, uh, the one point two billion American dollar. Uh, deal for 49 PC29s was awarded to Lockheed Martin-led Team 21 consortium in December 2015. The fleet will replace the PC9s that have been in service with the Royal Air Force since uh, for the the Royal Australian Air Force since 1988 and which are due to be retired in 2019. Having worked directly with the Australian Defence Force for many years, I am delighted to see that uh, Pilatus continuing to deliver outstanding service. This is the Chief Executive Marcus Bucher says. The first flight of this aircraft marks a very significant chapter in the continuing relationship between the Commonwealth of Australia and Pilatus. We look forward to many, many more. So I'll just pop that picture up. Uh, there, it's a very, it's a very neat looking aircraft. It looks like something the Red Arrows. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, quite a few of the, uh, the sort of the forces around the world mm. uses the trainers. They're uh, quite a good yeah. training aircraft. Yeah. Um. And quite agile, they also presumably. display aircraft. Very yeah. agile. Yeah. Very, very agile aircraft. I'd, yeah. d- I'd love to get a chance to fly one of those. But, yeah. uh, or, or, or even be in one. Or be in one. Yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Absolutely. So next uh, story is on Flight Global again. The headline: Facebook tests solar powered Aquila uav so online networking service uh, facebook is now an unmanned air vehicle operator yes indeed having achieved first flight of the first full-scale solar-powered ultra-long endurance aquila on the 28th of june in yuma arizona Mm. a video released on facebook founder mark Zuckerberg's wall on the 21st of july shows the 42 meter Uh, or 137 feet wingspan UAV, lifting off at dawn from a runway on the Yuma Proving Ground, a major testing site for military and commercial drones. It follows months of testing uh, on subscale designs. The flying wing Aquila, the Latin word for eagle, launched from a rolling cradle that was towed by a support utility vehicle, then flew up to 2150 feet for 96 minutes or 66 minutes longer than on the test card. Facebook said in a news release, also that Facebook has not revealed how the aircraft landed or was recovered, but no landing gear were visible. That looks rather flimsy. It might just kind of break when it... Break down on impact. (laughs) Uh, The flight comes nearly a year after Facebook revealed an already year old drone development project underway in Yeovil in the UK. The social networking service had acquired a centre, a UK-based consultancy, consultancy with former uh, members of the QuinTech, Cepha uh, project, and solar-powered UAV that demonstrated uh, nearly a fortnight of continuous flight. I remember that one, the uh, mm. Quintec Actually, uh, this
1: is not, this is not the first time that they've sort of slipped into the world of drones. Actually, because I, I know uh, I think story that was uh, uh, it was either yesterday or overnight. Because um, I was watching, I didn't sleep very well last night. I was watching uh, news stories and that. And one, one of the one of the things they were saying actually, because they that his mission, if you like, is to make uh, internet available to everyone um, across the world, like in, in undeveloped countries and things. And, and as I say, they've been using drones as ways of getting uh, devices up in the air to beam internet signals, if you like, in, in rural mm-hmm. areas yeah. where they can't get phone lines and things like that. And um, I mean, to be fair to it, for, for all, um, all his many faults, of which I know because not everybody's a fan of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, <laughs> but uh, you have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, he's, he's really pushing the boundaries and, and developing new technologies technology mm. To, mm. to sort of do all sorts of really clever things.
0: So it's conceived, the, uh, the, this particular UAV is conceived mm. as a means, as you said, to deliver internet services in yeah. remote areas. Yeah. Um, Facebook envisions uh, the uh, constellation of Aquilas mm. in flights lasting up to 90 days, mm. rising to 90,000 feet. Wow. Hello, Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cat's just coming. Yeah. <laughs> the aircraft will communicate with each other and the ground using what Facebook claims a new breakthrough in laser mm. communications with ability to beam data yep. at up to 10 gigabytes yep. per
1: second. Yeah, which is which is a massive throughput. It's
0: been. Uh, at cruise altitude, the Aquila's four electric motors require... 5,000 watts to keep the aircraft aloft, uh, which Facebook compares to three hairdryers. So it's really not very much power required at all, is it, to keep it? it, Honestly, it really is. It is worth
1: um, uh, following um, Mark Zuckerberg um, on Facebook for for that very reason, because,
0: as I say, some of the things that he's been doing are are really quite groundbreaking. Mm. Really, I think so, anyway. So the last story for you, Matt, is uh, one one for those of you who like to do gaming on your uh, tablets and mobile phones, uh, especially for those guys in the States. You'll love Mm. this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So this is Military Embedded Systems is
1: the website. And the headline is Blue Angels Flight Simulator Gaming App is available for the masses. Now, this sounds quite exciting. Gamers interested in aviation can download a new gaming app called Blue Angels Aerobatic Sim, developed by Italian-based company uh, Rotos. Uh, It is a simulation game that can be played on iOS or Android. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. They brought it to Android. uh, Smartphones for the sole purpose of entertaining uh, to fly a Blue Jet uh, Blue Angels jet and virtually clone the cool stunts we only see at their air show, so the company Rortus focuses on flight simulators for mobile devices. With the game officially released this week, gamers can uh, replicate all official Blue Angels manoeuvres, and in a release, uh, Roberto was Simon Te- oh etto uh, CEO of Rortus State, I'm rubbish with names, I'm so sorry. Uh, Our goal was to create something new for fans of Flight and the Blue Angels. By developing this flight sim, we challenged ourselves to enable players to become virtual pilots to perform their spectacular manoeuvres of this well-respected and prestigious team. The release and the announcement came at the National Aviation Museum Museum in Paris uh in florida florida during a blue angel show the game Rotus officially officials say uh that will now be available for xbox and pc users in the future that's quite cool a couple of cool features give you give you the user the ability to place the game in air show mode cool to recreate and complete wow. a real exhibition but you can also place it in addictive mode that's never a good sign, <laughs> uh, to create your own personal acrobatic f- uh, figure. When playing the game, yes, I tried it out, the system actually shows you what the stunt will, will look like, and then with some practice or an innate ability to play video games,
0: you can perform the same stunt. So I've just gone on the Android app store, yeah. and if you can see, I don't know if you guys oh, in the chat is. room can yeah, see. Yeah, there it is. There yeah. you go. It's available on the Android App Store. Very there, cool. okay. the yeah. Aerobatic Sim. It's, it's had, according to this, it's had <laughs> five thousand downloads so far, wow. uh, and has an average score of four point four, which is quite good. Yeah, um, bad for, at all. for yeah. that. And uh,
1: Ray Davis has just said, uh, does it come with the
0: background music of the of dreams, which I think is the music they use when they're doing their routines, isn't it? So, so get on, get on the Android Store, download yeah. that app, and see what you think of the uh, game. Let us, uh, let us know. It's it's had two hundred and fifty five star reviews, right. so um, okay. it's, it's doing well considering it's only been on the uh, online for a few, da- few mm. days. So okay, that's cool. Right. Okay. So we are going to go to we, we're going to have the interviews. I think, aren't we? One of well, one, one of the of interviews, interviews. Yeah. Okay. that we uh, took uh, from the Royal International Air Tattoo yeah. uh, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, so it's going to give everyone a chance to uh, to grab a cup of tea or coffee yep. uh, and comfort break, as Matt likes to call yeah. them. And uh, yeah, we're going to play those interviews for you. Uh, we're going to play one. So oh, it's, uh, what one? Or the, one the, interview? The,
1: yeah, the, the the chap that we interviewed, and, uh, in honour of our guest, obviously, uh, was from the Royal Australian Air Force, and he's uh, his name was uh, Ben Lyons, and he's talking about the A three hundred and thirty
0: tanker. So you join me and Matt then at the Royal International Air Tattoo, RAF Fairford, in Gloucestershire and uh, we've been very uh, kindly let on board uh, the uh, it's the Airbus A330 but it's designated the KC30 and uh, I'm here with Ben Lyons and uh, Ben what's your role here on the aircraft? I am one of the pilots. You're one of the pilots, so you uh, sit right, uh, left or right seat?
4: I'm right seat at the moment, moving to the left in October this year.
0: Oh wow, oh cool. So uh, just uh, tell us a bit about the role of the aircraft and what does what's this aircraft uh, do?
4: We are a uh, dual-role aircraft. Um, Long-range transport is one of them. As you can see around you, we've got the capacity for up to 270 passengers. Um, and the other one is an air-to-air refuelling role. So uh, we can use the boom system uh, or the hose and drogue system. Um, Not at the same time, but uh, we uh, will use those two systems to provide fuel to other aircraft, uh, and in some cases we can drag whole squadrons. So uh, we can drag a couple of receiver aircraft and their maintenance crew, for example, so using both roles at the same time.
0: That's cool. I think when a lot of people see these aircraft from the outside, in a tanker role they expect there not to be quite the interior that that we're sitting in right now with all these uh, seats is is it something you you carry a lot of personnel on board? Yeah
4: we'll find uh, pretty much half the time we're in our transport role Um, so uh, the Australian Air Force is elected to have the full complement of seats uh, because we do find ourselves doing that job uh, reasonably regularly.
0: That's cool Tell us about the air-to-air refuelling and uh, just how, because we've obviously seen a lot of people seen the videos and stuff on YouTube and out of the air-to-air refuelling, but just how difficult is that to uh, to refuel and to obviously fly in a formation as such?
4: Yeah, it's quite difficult. Um, in the uh, system that uses the hoses and the baskets, uh, it's largely up to the skill of the receiver pilot uh, to make that contact. In the case where we're using the boom, uh, our onboard boom operator uses a fly-by-wire control system uh, and it's down to his skill, pretty much, to uh, make the connection between the boom and the receiver. Uh, as a receiver pilot of a heavy aircraft like this, our job is pretty much to uh, keep the aircraft still in position to allow the boom operator to do his job. Uh, we need to kick out all the automation systems um, in order to do that for, for the pilot. So the pilot is flying uh, hands and feet in manual thrust. Um so, keeping an aircraft this size in that position uh, and getting it into that position is uh, is tricky, but
0: uh, I guess you get the hang of it. Cool. So, you, uh, the aircraft itself, obviously, it's based on the uh, on the A3 Airbus A330, uh, but you've obviously got some uh, quite big sort of refuelling uh, booms and stuff on the aircraft. Does that affect the the way the aircraft handles at all? It within sort of drag or anything?
4: I don't think so. Having never flown a, an A330, I can't comment exactly, but. Um, no, we're pretty slick. Drag is uh, actually, lack of drag is uh, often causes us a problem uh, on approaches and so on. Uh, it's largely an A330. The uh, external systems you mentioned, the POD and the BOOM, are additions. But aside from that, we have the same fuel tank fit out as the normal aircraft or the green aircraft. Uh, just a few more uh, pumps and some extra
0: plumbing. So do you have a cargo capacity on board the aircraft for, for carrying uh, freight and, and, and pieces? Yeah, we do, and exactly
4: like the green A330, uh,
0: it's under the floor. Uh, we
4: can carry pallets, uh, we can carry the civilian containers, which are called LD3s, uh, and that's how we do it. We'll uh, we'll take your bags, check them in exactly the same way as an airline would, put them in those containers and, and chuck them under the floor. As you can see around you, you've also got the uh, capacity
0: to have carry-on luggage just like you would on a, uh, a normal airliner. Ah, oh, that's cool. So the hop across here uh, to Riyadh then for this show, uh, was that uh, sort of one, one hit or did you stop on the way here? Or?
4: Interestingly, um, we were here on another mission, uh, Bastille Day in uh, Paris um, There's an Australian contingent there So we had uh, uh, about 170 passengers, I think it was, that needed to go there uh, And quite a lot of their equipment, which made us quite heavy The result of that is we staged through Darwin and Dubai uh, And then landed, offloaded the passengers in Paris uh, Then we were looking for something to do for the week So we thought we'd pop over to Riyadh
0: <laughs> So how are you enjoying the show so far then, Ben? yeah
4: it's great I, uh, I must admit I haven't been to an air show in a long time so I don't have much to compare it to but uh, it's very noisy uh, you're not short of Eurofighters and F-16s um, but uh, I'm impressed with uh, many of the displays I've seen particularly the uh, RAF Chinook display I thought was fantastic
0: cool I know because uh, uh, some of our friends across in Australia uh, Stephen Grant over at the Plane Crazy Down Under podcast they, um, they go to some pretty fantastic air shows I mean you, you guys do have some pretty good air shows over in Australia
4: yeah I'd love to comment more on that. Uh, I'm aware of Avalon uh, and I have been to Avalon as a, as a young boy. Um, it was impressive at the time. I'm pretty sure there was a B1 there from memory which I thought was a, was amazing but uh, yeah I haven't been to an air show in a long time until just today. Oh cool.
0: So a bit about yourself then Ben, how did things start for you? I mean was it a, a kind of where I'm at at the moment with the, the, the PPL or did you just go straight into the Forces?
4: I, uh, I started out on gliders uh, when I was 15, and uh, I recommend that to anyone who wants to get involved in aviation as a cheap um, cheap way to start. Uh, when I turned 16, I saved up a bit of money and got myself uh, just to the solo level, but not a, not a license of any sort, uh, and then from there into the military. Uh, so all my training, uh,
0: except for that little bit at the start, has been military training. Cool. So what aircraft have you flown in y- in your career so far?
4: Yeah, quite a few. The Australian training aircraft includes the uh, piston engine CT-4 uh, and the uh, turbine engine PC-9, um, which I believe is similar to the Takano used here in the Royal Air Force. Uh, from there I flew the Hawk, another British aircraft, the Hawk 127. I uh, flew the F-18 Hornet. I went back
0: uh, as an instructor on the PC-9 and now the uh, KC-30. Ah, oh, cool. So what are your future plans then, Ben? What have you got uh, lined up for the future? Obviously you're you're now going to progress to uh, to the to left seat. Uh, any other plans you've got at all uh, while you're in the RAAF?
4: No, uh, I don't actually. I'm not really sure what the future's going to hold after this tour. I'm uh, I'm fairly new on this aircraft, so this tour's got a fair bit left in it. Um, I've had one deployment already and there's with several more coming up. Uh, I get married at the end of the year, so... Um, oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, all the decisions that get made in a, a few years down the track, I, I can't quite see them just yet.
0: Oh, cool. So the question we, uh, we, we sort of asked you, pre-asked you, uh, to kind of get you uh, uh, prepared as such for the question we were going to ask was uh, if you could fly any aircraft uh, that flies or has or uh, since um, uh, finished flying in the world at all, what, what would your aircraft of choice or or two aircraft of choice be or, or however many?
4: Yeah, and, and when you pre-armed me with it, I said it was a hard question. It still is. <laughs> um, historically, uh, I think it has to be the Spitfire an amazing aircraft and i know that you can you can kind of get into replicas and stuff these days but i would uh, uh a, a spitfire or a P 51 that's sort of uh, uh ilk uh something today the a10 i think is an amazing aircraft i'm not sure how much longer they're going to have that around so uh, i'd love to have a driver one of those here yeah. oh great
0: well, you, i think is there some spitfires over over your across the pond but your side, i think still flying
4: um, you're stretching me. I'm not sure. There may be, but I wouldn't. I'd say if you'd count them on one hand, if there was.
0: Great. Well, Ben, thanks ever so much for your time on the show today. It's been great to talk to you, and uh, and obviously uh, enjoy the rest of the show at React 2016. And uh, yeah, all uh, all the best for for your future, Ben. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Take care. Bye bye. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network.
1: Website www.plantalkinguk.com
3: Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at Plaintalking UK or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening.
2: listening.
0: Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers
2: and magazines.
1: Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio.
0: Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, Crash, turn that down.
1: What is cricket, anyhow? Something we win
0: a lot. Oh,
2: there we oh.
0: <laughs> And we're not, back. Not so much anymore. Anyway, <laughs> that's just because I'm nasty like So that. we hope you enjoyed uh, that uh, first of the interviews we've done at React this year, 2016, because yeah. uh, we've got a few more lined up have, for yeah. coming episodes. Yeah. Uh, and some great content from Farber yeah, as well. We I can't got got wait to start playing from that. From Barber, yeah.
1: uh, including, I, 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 sh- can I promo it? Oh, go on. Well, as everybody knows, I'm not the biggest uh, expert when it comes to aviation. I mean, that is... Yeah, I know. I know. A shock to everyone, I know. Um, But uh, we've... uh, Micah, the legend, the main man, Micah, the main essentially, man. the main man. Uh, and Pasadena, Brian, uh, and I had a very wonderful afternoon uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Before we did the big AP meeting. Yeah, they left meeting. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah left left, left him in, in the media tent t- yeah, drinking yeah. coffee. And um, we did, uh, basically, Micah and, and Brian took me to what they deemed to be the aircraft I should be most excited about. So I'm really looking forward to playing some of those. Got some great content there, uh, including, um, I've forgotten the name of it, but Micah's favourite aircraft. Oh, the Catalina, the, the P-B-Y yeah, Catalina. We were lucky yeah. enough to get a, yeah. uh, a rare interview with
0: with one of the, the pilots with the yeah. pilot from there. So uh, you yeah, know, some great content to to come up. Um, but so um, on a side note, from uh, from one of those jingles we played, the, the uh, Playing crazy down under podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, Steve and yeah. Grant have in the last week they've released finally, uh, yeah. a new episode. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a a, a a collaboration of all the interviews they've done. Yeah, over the last few years, which yeah. they haven't. Published uh, oh, cool. on the show yet, and they've exactly. kind of put all those together uh, into into a show, and they've released that on iTunes. So if you guys want to go over to iTunes mm. and uh, search for "Playing Crazy Down Under," Absolutely. you can find uh, the latest episode from them, which has got some really good interviews that they took at some yeah. of the air shows that they covered, uh, uh, you know, last year. And, and yeah. this episode so. one hundred and twenty-seven. One hundred and twenty-seven. Ray, yeah. Ray
1: was just saying in the chat room. So yeah.
0: Yep. So go over and find that there. Absolutely. Well. I suppose... The time has come. The time has come to... She's been very patient, uh, I She's been her. very patient, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But it is uh, time, I'm delighted to say, to welcome... Oh, hello, she's on the move. She's on the move. <laughs> Kathy's <laughs> on the move. She's, she's going back into the outside fresh air. She's... Uh, she's... Family. That is a stunning view out there. I know. It really is. I'm glad, I'm glad we're popping outside, actually. It's a stunning cottage, actually. It's got a real British feel about it, but... Um, yeah, it's it's time to welcome back our special guest, the lovely Cathy
0: Mexted.
3: Hello, yes, I am. Yeah, hey.
2: I
0: just
3: had to um, go and charge up again. No, I know, charge. yes, I'm
0: sorry. We do run on a bit, don't we? <laughs> we do, yeah, we, we do run on a bit. Again, uh, welcome, uh, welcome onto the show, Cathy, and thanks for joining us today. Thank on you. Your, on, your, uh, on your lovely holiday there in, uh, yeah. in Wales.
3: It's beautiful, isn't it? I'm sta- We're staying at the Stone Barn. Yeah. And it's...
2: Look at that. Um,
3: on... Homeowners Direct. Yeah, it's owned by the lovely Rhiannon and Andrew.
2: Fantastic.
3: And it was just finished about three months ago.
1: Look at wow. the brick. Look at the brickwork. I just oh, it's yeah. just it really yeah. is.
3: I just googled um, accommodation mm. Abigavenny, and it wow. came and, and up. Wow. actually. It is stunning. Yeah, it's where my grandfather emigrated from. My grandparents mm. emigrated to Australia in the twenties from Abigavenny.
1: Wow. So that's
3: why we came here. (laughs) Full circle. A a
1: real sort of homecoming almost, yeah, sort of back to your roots as it were.
3: (laughs) Well, that's what I thought and I was Googling, uh, I was looking for accommodation actually in Oxford, so it's close to Heathrow for Dennis. Yeah. And um, it was quite difficult at that late stage to get anything for any length of time. Yeah. Yeah. And in frustration, I just said, I'm going back to the mother country.
2: Yeah, going back to said, Wales,
3: yes. He said, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with all these stories of Abergavenny.
2: Yeah.
3: So I had lunch yesterday or afternoon tea with um, a relative, distant relative, oh, my mother's cousin. And he said, oh, yeah, your grandfather, my grandfather's father was actually Irish. Oh,
1: wow. Well... See <laughs> yeah, well, so yeah. you, you could have been looking in Ireland as well then. I, I could have
3: been in court,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, is, it is... Ireland is also worth a visit, I have to say. I've got family oh, yeah. that live in Ireland. It's a,
0: it's a, it's we a, do have some nice parts we, of the, uh, we, yeah, parts no, of the, the country. Un- the United Kingdom, yes. uh,
1: whilst it's still that, uh, is a wonderful place before all these Brexits and, mm-hmm. and, and Scotland and everyone all start breaking away from, from the England.
0: So, Cathy... We're going right. to start then. So, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll start off with, with, well, how things began with you really, because uh, you kind of started at a, a fairly early age, didn't you, with, uh, with your aspirations of, of flight?
3: Ah, um, yeah. So I grew up in Finlay, which is a small town of 2000, about three or four hours drive north of Melbourne. And it's exactly the opposite of Wales. When we got here, my husband said, what the hell did your grandparents leave this beautiful country and go to Finlay, which is <laughs> as flat as the table that this laptop's sitting on? <laughs> Hot, There's nothing wrong with dry. that. Hey, East Anglia
1: is like that. It's fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but anyway, so I grew up there in a farming community and my dad learned to fly when I was about 10. And so I used to go flying with him in the Archer, Piper Archer, And um, he just said to me one day, oh, you look like you're enjoying that. You seem to have the hang of it, the straight and level. And he said, if you want to learn to fly, I'll pay for it. And I said, Dad, I'm only 16 and I've only just learnt to crash the ute. I don't don't think I should be flying an (laughs) aeroplane. So um, anyway, I grew up and then I had to pay for it myself. So I was about 28 when I came back to it. So I'd been backpacking around the world. And in Alaska, I went for a helicopter ride and I was in the bar afterwards with a couple of the pilots and some other friends and holding court with an Alaskan ale and regaling them with this tale of how I intended to learn to fly when I got home. And this chopper pilot looked at me because, you know, I now know that pilots get that all the time. You know, I've always wanted to fly, I'm going to do it one day or whatever. People get very excited about it and he just looks at me across the bar and he goes, I bet you don't. <laughs> so um, I photocopied my license and pasted it onto a Christmas card and wrote, told you I would, sent it back a couple of years later.
0: <laughs> I like it,
2: yes.
0: Yeah. Very good. So uh, you, you obviously with the aircraft you fly, uh, I mean, in the UK here, Kathy, you probably know I'm learning to fly here in the UK, the PPL, but I only fly the Cessna 150 and 172. Have you had a chance to fly sort of many different kind of uh, sport? You know, general aviation aircraft.
3: Uh, I learned in the 150, and then went across to the Archer, which is what Dad had. Then I got married, and we had the Bonanza, and then now we fly the Piper Cub, which is a tail dragger, which we have at home on our farm. Wow! <laughs>
0: so, t- so you've got uh, you've got you have to have a different endorsement on your license for the tail dragger aircraft, Kathy.
3: Yeah, it's a whole different world. Yeah. <laughs> there is. have you seen those little memes on Facebook there's one with the girl with her head in her hands and the husband or the boyfriend putting on his trousers and she says um, he's a nose wheel pilot I think we both should start seeing other men
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it yes <laughs> <laughs> not that I care no, no, I, don't, no, no. I, I
3: don't have any ego when it comes to flying I couldn't care less what you fly or what you do no, so you've got you've I'm got no
0: enjoy. you've got no favourites then, Kathy, of um, of the ones that you've you've sort of flown as the Cessnas and the, and the Cubs and stuff. Is there any sort of one that you prefer? Prefer given the choice to fly.
3: The one I prefer is the one I'm comfortable in at the time, and because I'm private pilot and I don't fly that much, um, I think it's all about getting comfortable and mm. being confident and competent in the one that you're flying. So my husband said once. Um, My wife's the only person I know with a pilot's license who still calls them by their color. (laughs) (laughs) Because we go to the air shows and, you know, it's great watching what happens, but I don't care. I don't get that concerned about it. I'm more interested in human stories. So when I do um, write aviation stories, I generally will write more about, um, you know, what you're getting out of it or how it makes you feel yeah. or why you're doing it, what the human story is behind it. And when I started writing for um, Australian Pilot Magazine, the editor then, Brian Big, he said, get as many photos of aeroplanes as you can, but make sure you've always got a person in the photo.
1: Oh, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, did you say to give it... So I suppose you, you can give then... a the human factor. Yeah, give it a human, human mm. element to it. So yeah. You can just pin it to, to a person rather than just the inanimate object, essentially.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And I think, too... Being a woman in the aviation scene is a bit of an anomaly because, you know, when I learnt to fly, there was only 2% of women were pilots in Australia. I think now it's crept up to about 5% because the airlines and the Air Force um, have sort of bumped up their intakes of Mm. women more.
2: Good.
3: Um, But it's it's still a bloke's world. And so as a writer, I guess there's myself and Cresha Ballantyne and um, Shelley Ross... The three of us, oh. as far as I know, were the only ones sort of writing general aviation stories in Australia. And we all kind of bring a different voice and a different perspective to the way a man will write.
2: Mm. Mm.
3: And if the man happens to be an engineer or a math science type of guy, they leave out all the verbs. They talk in stilted, like they just give the highlights. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like a telegram, really, yeah. a story written by a bloke, usually. <laughs> yeah. 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 So in, your, in, in your
0: past then, Cathy, you, you've, uh, you were saying you've, you've lived on an island uh, and flown a 172. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about that.
3: Okay, so that's a love story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is a men's show, isn't it? They don't care. Hey! Um,
1: no! 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 We have like, We have, we probably have as many ladies listening yeah, to us yeah. as we do, do guys. Oh do so. you? Oh no! Oh, no! No! Our chat room is always filled. It's, it's quite often the ladies <laughs> that outnumber the men in the chat room. So don't don't you worry about that.
3: Okay. Um. So I was about. To, I was doing my pilot's license, and I was about to go back to Canberra to a, another job I had, and um, my husband, my boyfriend, said or this guy. Who's now my husband? Yeah. <laughs> said, "Come and marry me, and we'll live on an island. Come, right. I want you. I want to take you out to this island and show you where we're going to live." And he was already working out there.
1: It sounds like you are being kidnapped. It doesn't, sound, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't sound as romantic as all that. <laughs>
3: He's about eight years younger than me, so it was. Um, I was a bit more cautious than he was. Yeah. But he was pretty hell bent on making that happen. So, um, so. We flew out there in a warrior from Coffs Harbour over to Lord Howe and um, it's if you Google images for Lord Howe Island, it's just like a paradise to um, to fly into. Mm. And it's just this little dot out in the ocean on the way from Sydney to New Zealand. So one blink and you miss it and then you're in a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote a story about it and said, uh, talked about how grateful I was to see this tiny island emerge from the hazy horizon. Yeah. Thank God we're there.
1: There is actually somewhere to, uh, Yeah, he hasn't made it up, you are actually going to land somewhere. Yeah,
3: Yeah. yeah well the island's only a mile wide where yeah. the airport is and so the airstrip goes from one beach across to the road at the other beach. So um, it was the only flat bit on the island. So yes, yeah, and then actually I think I wrote how I was pondering this new relationship and am I doing the right thing and if I looked to the sky for an answer, I wasn't going to get it because there were three windsocks and they are all pointing different directions at the airport. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: Crosswind, anyone? Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, because there's two 3,000-foot mountains yeah. just just there. Wow.
1: And I mean, that must make landing in its own own right quite tricky, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, with, with, with sort of like high terrain and things.
3: Uh, so, no, no, because it's a little like you just go around the mountain.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> just go around and come again, yes. Because the mountain
3: comes down to the ocean. So yeah.
0: but, but what a way to see it, though, true. from the sky. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend came out to visit from Coffs Harbour, and we climbed Mount Gower, which is probably, you know, it's one of those things, it's beautiful when you've done it. But we got to 2,000 feet. I uh, said, I've just, learned, I just spent 10 grand learning to fly at this altitude. What are we, why am I doing this on foot? Yes, absolutely. I thought I was going to die that day.
2: <laughs> and then I got home
3: and, and was almost dead, and um, Dennis proposed.
2: Aww. And I thought, surely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
2: so cool. I love
3: it. Got almost. me, my um, defenses were down. But um, I think he thought, oh, there's yeah. a girl that can climb mountains. <laughs> so it's
0: uh, you, you've got actually uh, in the family, Cathy, You've got uh, quite a few people who who are in aviation, haven't you? It's not just yourself, who uh, who's obviously your husband, as uh, as uh, obviously a pilot. But you have got uh, other members of the family as well who have have kind of got the aviation bug.
3: Yeah, that happens, doesn't it? I guess in Australia, it's not that uncommon to learn to fly. It's not as expensive is here. I think you have to sell your house, don't you, over here? Yeah, pretty
1: much. Certainly remortgage (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Yeah.
3: Um, So Dad learnt just off his own bat and it was in the 70s when aviation, general aviation in the 60s and 70s had a bit of um, an explosion in Australia because the... um, Uh, they lifted the ban on English aeroplanes so we were able to get the Pipers and Cessnas from the U.S. And suddenly every boy who ever wanted to learn to fly had access to it. And um, airstrips popped up all over the place, flying, you know, aero club and whatnot. So that dad joined with a group of about five or six other guys in our town and they had shares in the aeroplane. And um, so there was quite a bit of flying within that group. And then aerial agriculture came to town in the 70s because we grow rice, we're a rice growing area. Mm. And so they came to do the spraying and sowing of the aerial application of the rice. And then my sister, I sent her a book about Beryl Markham, who was an Australian, and uh, um, Kenyan woman who flew in the 30s, have you heard of her, Beryl Markham?
1: Uh, no. No, I haven't. No. No. No.
3: She wrote a book called West with the Night. You have to get it, it's brilliant. Yeah. And she grew up in Kenya and she flew. She was the first woman or person, I'm not sure, to fly from the UK to America okay. going against the wind. Yeah. So she went the opposite to Lindbergh. And um, anyway, I sent it to my sister who'd lived in Kenya and I'd visited her there. And I said, if you can put up with the flying bits, because flying's my thing, um, I think you'll enjoy the African bits. And she, ra- she rang me and she said, I want to learn to fly, <laughs> based on reading this book. So she went and got a license. Um, one of my brothers did gliding, so there was a very big gliding complex near mm. us at Tokemoor, which is an old World War II aerodrome, um, which is still there. And so that's how my husband and I came to know each other better, was through being at the airport. Yeah, my husband's father the, was a the local ag pilot, ag operator. Um, my husband and his brother both became airline pilots. One of their sisters did gliding. Uh, and then Dennis and I have a son who's just joined the Air Force about three years ago. Wow.
1: I mean, all I mean, all jokes aside, though. I mean, because it is such. I mean, we we here in the UK just cannot simply appreciate the sheer vastness of the American, yeah. oh yeah, uh, of, of, of the Australian yeah. sort of landscape, if you like. And I mean, really, uh, if you didn't fly, any, it would take you forever to get anywhere, wouldn't it? I mean, this is this is this is the thing. I mean, it's a it's a lovely country, and I've got family that live uh, in sort of uh, Queensland and things like that. But it's just it, it's just so big, isn't it? If you weren't yeah. flying, you just couldn't. You just you know, yeah. you, It's such a you, you'd be in such a small area all the time.
0: Well, it's the same. Yeah, if I, yeah same if I visit my cousin. You know, who's 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 lives in yeah, Australia. Course, yeah, now. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just a case of getting on a plane here and flying no. to hers no, no, no. to an no. airport. You have to fly to a, yeah. to somewhere. Yeah, I forget where it is now. Then you have to get another internal flight to another internal flight and then <laughs> drive somewhere. But. I have to say that the scenery, like what you can see, and like you know, mm. the uh, you know the views that you can have when you're flying in Australia, must yeah. be absolutely fantastic, Kathy.
3: Mm. Well, we have so many different types of um, terrain and scenery. So we've got from snow to the vast interior outback, mm. and um, yeah, there's a lot to see.
0: So a bit about the um, the work you do, Kathy, because you're you're a massively busy person. Uh, apart from obviously helping uh, Stephen Grant, some uh,
3: might dispute that. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: but a- apart from obviously uh, helping Stephen Grant out uh, every now and again on the PCDU, uh-huh. you um you do the. Um, you, you work on some illustrations, some some magazines as well, and the AirSport Magazine. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, your, your work you do with AirSport Magazine. So your work with the SAAA uh, then, the Sports Aircraft Association of Australia then, Kathy.
3: So I'm editing um, AirSport, which is their magazine, and um, the SAAA, uh, a group of home builders, which started out with experimental aircraft and well, they still do experimental aircraft. Mm. So they're the guys that are tinkering away in their sheds at home. And I love that sometimes they'll bring the airplane out of the suburban garage onto the driveway to do an engine run-up or wow. something. And
2: that's the so neighbours
3: cool. don't, you know, the neighbours all come out.
1: And think, oh, hello, <laughs> what's this yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> the
3: mad professor, you know, what's going on in the <laughs> You don't know in the suburbs what's happening next door.
2: Ah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah.
3: So, um, so I just pull the stories together and sometimes I rewrite them and um always I'll sub-edit them and then beg for photos and um, put the magazine together. So it comes out four times a year. Mm. And I, I love the fact that, I love the passion and the enthusiasm. I hate that word passion, but um, I never use it in my writing, but it's hard to find another word that can match that.
1: I mean, I think passion is a great word. It's just it's one of those words that is overly overly use. used, isn't it? In <laughs> yeah. in the English language. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. amazingly. Yeah. And then, but there's a the trouble, isn't it? When you when you do when you do genuinely get someone who has a real passion for for as you describe, and, and you feel almost bad using that word because you feel like you're cheapening their yeah. their love of of of, of aircraft and the project that they're working on. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: We have. Um, a, a project at home long before I was involved with the um magazine and when i was when I was approached to take on this role i uh I said Oh I think we're a member of that organization I because we've got this thing up at the back of the hangar, this bunch pile of sticks you know <laughs> that's meant to be an aerobatic single seat aerobatic one design airplane. and um so I appreciate the time and effort that goes into taking on a project like yeah, that. I bet. And um, actually the next issue, I've just finished, or just on deadline now, putting together the spring issue.
2: Mm.
3: And this guy wrote me a story and it said, this is VH, you know, ABC, whatever the regio was. And then he gave the full title of what the aeroplane was. And he said, it was built by me. And then he gave me his whole four names. And I thought there's an enormous amount of pride in that first sentence, that story that he's written. And in the photo, he's sitting there like this, you know? Yeah,
1: really <laughs> proud of his achievement. Yeah, yeah. Well, and why wouldn't it And you I be? love that.
3: I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as you say, because it is people with a real love of it, isn't it? And that you know, these are people that have dedicated, you know, time and resources into into building these, these these things. I mean, you. I mean, you are if you do actually reach the end and you finish the project, you'd just be so proud, oh, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, and that nervous first flight.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> For so many reasons, because you think, I put this thing together.
3: What's
0: Have I used be? enough sellotape <laughs> yes. and blue tacks <laughs> and glue? I did,
3: um, I did a story on a guy called Brian Corbett, who is, um, he's everything, mm. and he lives down the Yarra Valley, down uh, the Latrobe Valley, sorry, down in eastern Victoria, and he's, he gave me this great, great quote, he said, uh, flying an aeroplane that you've Made for the first time certainly focuses your attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that first flight of your airplane.
0: Yeah, I bet. I focuses... well, doubt whether you'd go very far, would you? Well, your no, indeed. Flight, if you you we'll literally take me. off you know, <laughs> to the end of the runway, land straight yeah, crash. Crash, yeah, away. No. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, absolutely, yeah. Oh,
0: dear. So, uh, the other, obviously, Airsport magazine you write for. You've also done a little bit, to, you were talking about before uh, with me yesterday, about uh, Avplan, which is kind of a, an EFB, like electronic flight bag.
3: Yeah, yeah. So on their website, you'll see some, or on their YouTube channel, you'll see some of my photography and um, little little films. Um, I did one on, I went out to Ayers Rock. You, ever been, you haven't been to Australia, have you?
0: No, no, no. no. Need to. It's on, it's yeah. on the list. Mum has. Well,
3: yeah. it's been on my list since I was about 21. I got to Alice Springs and said, oh, I'll come back. <laughs> so it took a long time to get back. But I got there last year as my brother. mm and um, we went for a helicopter flight around Ayers Rock. And it's just the most stunning place. So there's um, a little YouTube um, film about flying around Ayers Rock. And there's special procedures for flying around the rock. To um, There's a flight path that you have to follow. Mm. You can't just go and fly around it.
0: I was going to say, because you'd you think that because yeah. of Australia being such a vast place, you'd think you could just kind of take off and, and go wherever you like, really, because, you know, it's, it's such a vast... We
3: can, except it is Rock. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. I did one from the Women Pilots Association conference in May, and um, this a neat little short one with Paul Bennett's um, air show and Chris Peru at the Tayab Esher in March, May, March, April, I don't know, Easter, whenever that was, with Stephen Grant.
0: So, uh, Mila in the chat room has uh, just uh, was asked a question earlier, Cathy. Do you still fly the PA-28? The Piper
3: Cub? Yeah. Uh, no,
0: this PA-18, isn't it? Oh, the PA... Uh, uh, let me just go back up to the Yeah,
3: 28, the No, we don't, but um, one, day, one morning, one night, I don't know, we're lying in bed, and I was staring at the ceiling thinking, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get the hang of this tailwheel. <laughs> and my husband, in desperation, said, What about if I just go and buy back your father's aeroplane? And I said, Yeah, let's just do that.
2: Really? <laughs> so it's my golf oh,
3: wow. uniform, and apparently it's in um, South Australia. And I went, after the Women Pilots Conference, we were flying out of a small airport in South Australia. And I heard somebody give a radio call. Mike Alpha Uniform is downwind, <laughs> so they were on the same frequency somewhere. It was wow. lovely. Oh, wow. Because we love our aeroplanes. Yeah. Men come to men, you know. Look at them like long
2: lost girlfriend.
3: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah. I, think I think it's safe to say that the, the gentleman in the studio just opposite me has a similar problem to that nature. He gets yeah. a little bit excited if he sees an aeroplane. I'm yeah. going to ask a slightly unusual question here that was, that's come from, from Nev in the chat room. It says, Cathy, have you by any chance, as you're in Wales, seen Captain Al running around the mountains with eating chicken nuggets just out of interest? No, no, no.
3: Oh, <laughs> I <said> no. no. <laughs> it's, it's a running
1: joke. We, we were involved in the airline pilot guy's big live um, show. Weekend, uh, yeah. Last weekend, um, and there was a captain. There was a competition between him and the lovely Doctor Steph, who looks like she's never eaten a chicken chicken nugget in her entire <laughs> life. Um, and there was a contest between um, both Captain Al and uh, Doctor Steph, and Doctor Steph won. I'm very proud to yeah, say. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a, a reference to uh, anyone who, who obviously has watched the Farmborough APG show will know exactly <laughs> what we're on about. But uh. okay. So Ray
0: Davis. Uh, Ray Davis has said in the chat room, Cathy uh, that. Uh, he's 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 heard that once you fly a tail dragger, you can fly anything.
3: Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so <laughs> I'll take the seven eight seven home then. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll tell you what you,
1: you could you could stick hubby in the back off of the flight home. That you know you, yeah. you could be up for your front front seat. Uh,
3: <laughs> so have actually, you got? When I flew into narrowmind Grant um, narrowmind Air Show was the SAAA's um, annual event fly-in, and they had an air show there. And last year I flew in with my husband he was asleep in the back until we got to the circuit area and he and we were coming in on whatever the runway was and the wind swung around and it was really strong and I sort of had to come in like this you know and grant said to me what were you doing out there with it landing I <laughs> said well the wind changed yeah. but the trouble is at an, at a place like that, you've got everybody who's anybody lined up against the aerotub wall like this. Yeah. Oh, oh,
1: oh, Marking. Yeah. <laughs> Marking <laughs> your arrival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh,
0: yeah. dear. I just saw a cat climb a tree behind you, oh, Cathy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least, at least, that, at least he's not being attacked. Yeah, one one has been, yeah, yeah, one has yeah, been yeah. licking your feet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, so, let's work look. I've got the notes. and just dropped the notes in front of me here.
1: God, you like giving me lots of editing, don't you? I know you, I like giving you lots of editing to do. I
0: know, I know. One of the questions, uh, Kathy, that uh, we tend to ask um, uh, a lot of the, the people we interview at mm. the air shows and stuff, yeah. uh, the pilots and stuff, is uh, if you were if you're given the chance to to fly any aircraft in the world, either retired or, or still flying, I mean anything, any aircraft at all, given the chance to sit, you know, on the flight deck and, and fly, what what would be your um, your sort of dream? Uh, aircraft to fly
3: one that's going to bring me down safely I think right <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> no when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a helicopter pilot
1: Really? Cool. yeah cool.
3: so a- any, anyone fly,
1: in, anyone in particular in mind or
3: any helicopter yeah,
1: yeah. Any helicopter. anything just um,
0: anything <laughs> <laughs> anything helicoptery any yeah <laughs>
3: yeah and the great thing about starting off as a writer, so I've only been doing this about 10 years, is um, the opportunities that you get from it. And so through Plane Crazy Down Under, I went in the um, with the Navy one day from Sydney, 500 feet down the coast to Narrow. Is that now our flight, I think? 45 minutes in there. MR90, is that what they are?
0: The helicopter? The yeah, that's like
3: felt like a war correspondent going off with my <laughs> helmet my yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Um, I wondered where a kid from an inland town would get that idea. And it came from Skippy. Do you ever heard of Skippy? Skippy the bush kangaroo. Oh, can- the bush kangaroo. Bush kangaroo. Yeah. I say what, what, my friend you know, Adrian? There was a guy <laughs> in that that had a helicopter. There was a helicopter <laughs> pilot, Jerry. Yeah. That's what it was, and I just was fascinated with it. So I've always seized the opportunity to go in a helicopter.
2: Cool.
0: Course. That's the first time I think we've ever had any... Because uh, mo- most of the pilots in that we speak to kind of come up with the... uh like Concorde the, the or... The Spitfire, yeah, yeah, the Mustang yeah, and well, that. Of
3: course. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, I no, am no, no. invited. No. <laughs>
0: well. It's always nice to have someone who is a, who wants to fly a helicopter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can yeah. think of a few, a few people at your at the, your flying club that would be very excited yeah, yeah. to hear yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Jim would love that. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: I'll oh, be over. Where does he live? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. In this obscure part of the UK yeah, where yeah. we are... Uh, East Anglia, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right East of Anglia, sort of border. yeah, miles away, miles away. Yeah. So what uh, what have you got um, rounding sort of things up, Cathy? What kind of plans have you got for the future then, with uh, in regards to kind of are you going to keep doing the editing stuff with the Air Sport magazine and um, and all the other bits of illust- you know, illustration stuff you do in photography?
3: Yeah, just plug on. Um, I've still got two daughters who are one's just started high school and one's at the end of primary school. So I've got another 10 years of that to do, which um, being married to an airline pilot, he's away a lot. So Mm. I can't kind of just take a job in the city and trek off. No.
1: Well, I suppose the advantage about doing, um, doing sort of writing and that in the fact that predominantly a lot of your work can actually be done at home. Uh, and then yeah, or could, from Wales. Or, or from Wales, in fact. Yes, yeah. You can be literally anywhere in the world uh, and, yeah. sti- and still get on with the work as long as you've got, well, in, in this case, a decent internet connection and that sort of thing. So, I mean, that must be quite nice to be able to sort of still
0: at least work, but, but sort yeah. of, you know, be able to. It's, it's kind of it's a dream, dream job, it's a, it's a job you can enjoy. Yeah. You know, r- yeah. writing about aviation. I think you've got, you've got but, to be
1: you've got to be disciplined, though. And obviously, Kathy's got the, the discipline, if you like, to be able to do the cool. editing and stuff. Because yeah. I mean, you, I have to confess, I would find it very I, could, I could very easily slip into bad habits about <laughs> you know not not being dedicated, uh, you know, in getting getting the work done. I mean, that must be quite difficult when you, when you are sort of essentially um. in charge of the charge of the family home, obviously, with, with hubby being away a lot. I mean, that must be quite um, you know difficult sometimes to to find the motivation if you've had a, a hard day.
3: Yeah. Um, it, oh, the cat's back. Um, oh, goody. The, <laughs> if only I had shoes on, it wouldn't yeah. be so bad.
1: <laughs> Where would the fun be in that?
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah sometimes, like, I can remember one embarrassing day. I sat down at 7.30 in the morning to write something, and at 5 o'clock, I still hadn't written it. Wow. And I'd been sitting at that desk all day, and it's very, every writer will tell you, It's very easy to get on Facebook, to go and pay your bills, to email your mother, all that stuff, especially with photos. Because as a photographer, I go, I'll just have a look at these photos. I'll just upload them to her. But I've been trying to get a book published um, and we've had a lady living with us on and off for a few years and so she took a lot of the workload from me domestically,
2: Mm.
3: which allowed me time to just... Sit in the office and get through what I was trying to get through. Oh,
1: what, what was the, um, the name of the book?
3: I never got the book published. Oh. And, um, so at the moment, we're just seeking a publisher meeting regarding the latest idea. Mm. There's been a few incarnations of the book, but it's an aviation book, Australian oh. aviation book.
0: I have to keep our eyes open, for yeah, that. absolutely.
1: Yes. Well, do keep us posted. I'll be you? on the blower as soon yeah. as I've got a contract. <laughs> yes, <that's, yeah. laughs> Excellent, good. That's what we like to hear.
3: Yeah. So, true stories. So, uh, uh,
1: what we would like you to do, as I say, we're now now sort of wrapping up then. Um, Give yourself a little plug. Where where would we find it? No, no, it's all right. We're not going to make you sing. Don't worry. (laughs) No, Uh, uh, that was last weekend. If people want to look you up, um, where would they go?
3: Um, I've got a website. You have indeed. website.
1: There we go. Yes, and I'll just pop that up on the screen there we for go. everyone. It up. There we go. Uh, to see now. Yes. Yeah, so it's www.kathymexted.com.au. Uh, I've been having a little uh, peruse through that. And say you've got some really quite notable works, actually, for for people that you've you've written written for. That must be quite pleasing.
3: <laughs> it's always pleasing to get a paycheck.
1: Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, absolutely. That's the main thing. Yeah. So as I say, uh, writes for all sorts of people. Writes uh, for outback. um... Uh, magazine, as well as um, Sports Aircraft Association.
0: Um, I love that. I love that site with the uh, the Vans RV7 on there. That's, what, that's what another one, one of those aircraft I'd love to get the chance to, uh, to well, uh, go in. What is it, the n- the little kind of a little sports. Oh, they're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The it's such a stunning yeah. aircraft. I've seen those flying. Like uh, but, yeah, it's okay. good. It's good. I like
2: that.
3: There's also um, – I've got a Kathy Mexted Writing and Photography Facebook page. Okay. And I'd probably interact on that more than yeah. anything. And uh, the SAAA and AvPlan both have Facebook pages as well. Cool.
0: Okay, fantastic. Excellent. Any, uh, any um, kind of uh, news about uh, Steve and Grant? Are you going uh, to yeah, appear with dish those the guys? Dirt, <laughs> <dish> the dirt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a coup. I, Mark Lee I, and I are taking over. Excellent. Yay. Okay, I like it. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds um, good to
3: me. What's the news? Well, Steve's building a house. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Grant's got a new job. And I think they just suddenly got very busy and yeah. that's why everything slowed down for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it just all got, yeah, there has to be a work-life balance. There. Yeah, of
1: course it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
3: It, well, you'd know, it takes an enormous amount of work to put these shows together. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Steve was, I probably know Steve, or talk to Steve more than Graham. Mm. And um, I know that he just was getting very overwhelmed by yeah. the amount of work. Yeah. And then his yeah. work work, his, his, his real work, his yeah. paying work. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely, really busy. Up. Yeah, and yeah. then
3: they built a house. So the house is half built. I, I, I'm, exactly I mean,
1: I'm, I must say from from people f- from here. I mean, it's obviously. I mean, they great. They great. Their podcast is great, isn't it? I mean, it's a really. They good, get into isn't?
0: some really really good gigs. Those oh, they, guys, do, yeah. When yeah, they do. Yeah, Shows and stuff. Yeah. They, you know, yeah, they 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 even host. Air shows, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, which is they, very cool. Yeah, which is really, yeah, yeah. Loved, I'd love to. I'd love to. One of these that. days,
1: when we, when we, when when we're the, famous, when we win the lottery, <laughs> Carlos, we shall be heading over there to go and join in. Oh. But know well, listen, actually, Cathy, thank you very much for uh, for your time. Um, it's been, it's uh, well, as I, say, I say, it's early morning for you, but of course, no, it's um
0: quite civilized here in in the in the lovely part of Wales. Oh, before we get, actually, before we uh, before we close up, Kathy, have have you got any uh, um ideas about perhaps moving or, or going down to a flying school near yourself there and having a little uh, flit around in a 150 Ooh. while you're in, in the UK? In Wales, in yeah. the
3: UK.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I'd love to go for a fly, actually. I just said to Dennis the other day when we were walking through the forest because I whinge when I'm walking because it's hard right.
2: work. <laughs> yeah. And I and you said, want to be I'd an really aeroplane. love to go yeah. for a
3: fly around here. But yeah. um, no, I haven't. We're leaving here on Sunday and then going to Oxford. Oh, wow. For a week, and then I'll be in Kensington in London for two oh, weeks, yeah. Ooh, and then we'll wow. be up in Glasgow for two weeks. Wow. So uh-huh. um, if anybody's yeah. under, on, on that track... Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what,
1: when you go to Scotland, it's a little bit of a drive, but if you get the chance, can I recommend you visiting a lovely little village called Kenmore? Um, yeah it's uh, as i say it's sort of between glasgow and aberdeen so it's sort of a little bit further up but uh, the village of kenmore is absolutely stunning I, I, one okay. of my friends has a, a holiday cottage there and mm. I, I spent uh, easter there it was just truly stunning looking over the over, looking over the Loch tay just oh it's just just amazing very similar terrain to what you've got actually behind you there
0: kathy yeah i'll
3: have to have a look is there much flying activity in scotland
0: uh actually, yeah there there's a lot of general aviation stuff in mm. Scotland you know there's yeah, a few yeah, good yeah. flying schools up there
1: again Scotland is so vast I mean it's one of those things where you have to um yeah. you have to sort of go um you have to fly otherwise it takes you forever to get anywhere but uh, down
2: those hills
1: Yeah absolutely so, uh, anyway, yes, if you want to, as I say, if you want to get in touch with Kathy, the website that you want to go to uh, to have a jolly good old look round is au. That's Kathy, spelt with a K, by the way. Uh, if you want to get in touch with our show, it is uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. uh It's facebook.com forward slash Plain Talking UK. Our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK. If you want to watch either this show live or uh, any shows that we put up afterwards, uh, you can and watch the vidu- visual version of our show, and that is our uh, youtube.com forward slash plain talking UK. And don't forget, of course, the podcast, but then you're already listening to it, so why am I having to plug it? It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, pl- Podcast Addict, all sorts Lots of, these, of or, any podcast decent platforms. podcast outlook. It is there, but anyway, Carlos has got a mention of a little meat. Yes,
0: I on. have got some very important, some VIP information uh, for you guys and girls. Well, everywhere, really, if yeah. you can make it, uh, I got an email today from masha who was uh, who was at the APg meet up on, uh, on Saturday eat, yeah. uh, We met uh, Masha there. And uh, she sent us an email about a meetup that's happening, and um, she the email reads: uh, "Hi Carlos and Matt, uh, <laughs> could you be super kind? Which we are, we're always, always kind, always kind, absolutely uh, Especially on the for show. listeners." And uh, I mentioned on the show that uh, that Myla and Shud and Nev and Masha are having an informal APG PTUK oh, cool. AvGeek meetup wow. at the Schiphol Observation Deck on Sunday the 7th of August. Uh, they'd love anyone who's in that uh, particular area on the 7th of August to meet up and join them uh, on the Observation Deck. And um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, if Nev's going to be there, they might, they might be able to join us um uh, via via Skype or something, or mm. do some sort of thing that, that day. But yeah. yeah, so for anyone who's who's in the area of uh, of the when's um,
1: is that this that, that
0: Sunday coming? Tomorrow? That's on the seventh of August. Seventh so August, cool. Is that next weekend? Isn't yeah, it next weekend. Yeah, like like next that, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, uh, cool. At the uh, Skiphol observation deck. Okay. Uh, join uh, join Stuart, Nev and Myla there and Masha. And they're going to have yeah they have a, an Ooh. informal meet up. So that's I quite. I need to cool. talk to Nev. I think should, I, I think we
1: should try and link up. We should do. Yeah. yeah, yeah perhaps so, we yeah. will we'll talk do a, to the legend that is Nev.
0: Perhaps we'll do a Sunday show that uh, next week and, and kind yeah. of have a okay. yeah and try something like that. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah So ho- well, hopefully more details
1: to, to come yeah. about that. But uh, yes, yeah, so if you are available on the seventh of August, then make sure you're and you're in
0: the Schiphol area. I might sure. I might have a little look on the uh, Sky Scanner and see if I can Ooh, find a, see if a cheap flight for a Yeah. If if I can find. Flights for about yeah. 10 or 20 quid. We're there. We're yeah. there we'll, yeah. we'll come over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, if they're 420 quid, no, no, that yes. might not be yeah. quite good. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, on
1: that, uh, we need to net our, our lovely guest well, yes, uh, go need, back for her to, holiday. Her well deserved holiday. I know. Holiday.
0: Thank you ever so much, Cathy, for joining us on the show today. You've been an absolute, uh, absolute well, star. Yeah, you absolutely. Have, so thanks yeah. a lot for that.
3: A star. Yes. 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 Yeah. He's
0: charming, isn't he? Yeah,
4: absolutely.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> That I'm a
3: great pre- guy! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that bit's
1: all nice. uh, yeah. lies. <laughs> Thank so you. Pretty Thanks pretty for you. having me.
3: No,
0: absolutely. Oh, pleasure. it's been lovely to have you um, on the show, Kathy, and uh, and all the best for your future flying activities, and uh, obviously enjoy the uh, rest of your rest of your stay here here in the in, UK. Here in the UK. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: Yep. Yeah. Thanks very much.
0: So, from all of us here, uh, it is
1: time to bring episode number 122 to a close. Oh, a special thanks to
0: everyone in the chat room. We better not forget those (gasps) guys. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thanks to everyone in the chat room for joining us this morning. Do you want to
1: whiz through the list very quickly? I'll try. I'll try.
0: We've uh, we've got Neville in there, Paul Tricker, Myla, uh, is in there. Yeah. Uh, Ray Davis, uh, York. merla has been in the uh, yeah. chat room. Main man, Micah. Ah, the main man, yeah. Um, scrolling down. Um, um, someone called Matt Smith's been in there. Some, don't know who he is. Some random person. Some random yeah. person called Matt Smith. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've missed anyone out. Mash no, Ray no. Davis, uh, Micah. Um, it was, so, some was lovely lady from Wales. Some lovely lady from Wales, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Farm with no name. Yeah, yeah we'll indeed. say hello to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, Which,
3: uh, we can never come up with a name for the no. farm,
2: so that's what <laughs> no. I've called it. Farm with, with no, no
0: name. with no per- name. Perfect
1: answer. Absolutely. So
0: thank <laughs> you to everyone who joined us in the chat yep. room today for the live yeah, show. So apologies
1: if we missed anyone out Oh, there,
0: and Martin Holmes as well. At, uh, hello to yeah, you, Jacob, Martin Jacob Holmes. Jacob Darlington. Uh, and Jacob Darlington-Brown, yeah, yeah. And Nelson popped back in as well. Yeah, excellent. So uh, hello to you as well, Nelson. But anyway, from all of us here in the kitchen studio. In the kitchen is, studio. It is
1: uh, it's quite nice to be back it's in the lovely kitchen studio. It's to be back
2: in the it? kitchen Absolutely. studio. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it? missing
0: the air shows, though. We need to Are go for another one. Do soon. we? Right. Oh, yeah.
1: okay, well, Buckingham, I think, next weekend. Is, is it next week? Yeah. I, think I so. don't yeah. know. Okay. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, so we, we ought to do some more air shows <laughs> anyway. But from all of us here in the studio and from the lovely. Uh, say goodbye, Kathy.
3: Goodbye, everybody. Excellent.
1: <laughs> uh, and from us here in the studio, it is.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: <laughs>